is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the scripts this is episode 429 for your may 8th mother's day 2022 i'm your host jd from new york as always coming to you live from the ots venue thank you guys so very much for joining me on your sunday afternoons wherever you may be man first order of business in the chat and everybody listening, whether you're listening on YouTube, whether you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, Blue Wire, we are a Blue Wire partner, man. So happy to be a part of the Blue Wire family. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to everybody's mother out there. If you are not a mother and you own a couple of fur babies, happy Mother's Day. You are just as much a part of Mother's Day As everybody else, happy Mother's Day to everybody, and I hope you guys enjoy the entire day to do what you do best, man. Enjoy it, and I wish everybody nothing but the best. Ladies and gentlemen, we got a lot of news. We got a lot of news to get into. I got my cold beverage, man. I got this this thing I got at the Trogues Brewery in uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania last time I went, man. This thing keeps... My cold beverage, cold for about a good five hours, man, seriously. I could leave this thing on the table throughout an entire pay-per-view, and it's still cold by the time I grab it. It is so good, man. So I got my cold beverage. Hopefully you guys got yours. We got a lot to get into today, including Roman Reigns, man. Roman Reigns is causing a bit of hysteria in the IWC this morning. He was at a WWE Live event last night in Trenton, New Jersey. And he told the crowd it may be the last time that we see him. I don't know how likely WWE is going to flourish without Roman Reigns. But if Roman Reigns leaves the company, man, they are in some serious bullshit. I don't think they realize it. Or maybe they do. If they did, we wouldn't be getting WWE television as bad as it is right now on a regular basis, Monday and Friday. But we're going to go over that, what he said, and all that stuff. Also, news about the WWE draft. WWE is potentially planning a draft, not for October, but right after SummerSlam. We got news on that and what's been said about that. I got news about Tessa Blanchard. Apparently, she's in the news for all the wrong reasons. Again, we'll go over why. I got additional information about the NXT releases that happened a week and a half ago with more releases on the main roster expected soon. Oh, we know what's coming soon. And John Laurinaitis is already prepping his phone list. And Nick Khan is already 
prepping his budget cut list, man. Don't worry about it. It's all coming soon. We got news on Candice LeRae. Her contract expired in WWE. AOP is back in the world of wrestling. When and where I got news on them. Bray Wyatt, is he ever going to come back to WWE, man? We'll talk about Bray Wyatt as well. Ember Moon, Athena. Hopefully she's the wild card in the Owen Cup for the women's side of AEW's tournament. Booker T, who trained Ember Moon, I believe, says that she shouldn't have talked about WWE's private meeting or mentioned Mandy Rose. Oh, Booker T. Once a shill, always a shill. So we will talk about that as well. Also in the news today, we have... WWE reporting record profits for the first quarter of 2022. What difference does it make? The television shows still and utterly, completely suck. And Freddie Prince Jr., man, shares his plans finally to start his own wrestling promotion. Says he wants to have it up and running in less than two years. So we will be going over all of that today on the podcast, man. Plus all your weekly Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and AEW news and rumors, man. We got a loaded show. I'll be live again tonight after WWE Backlash. We'll be live on YouTube from the venue as well, man. We're going to do a nightcap this evening after the pay-per-view is over. So make sure you guys join me then. So I will be live for Backlash as soon as the show is over. Make sure you guys follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Make sure you guys get those super chats in. We'll hang out at the end of the show as always. Hit that thumbs up. Let's try for a thousand likes minimum on today's off the script episode 429. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel, all the other live streams. That you might have missed on the channel. Everything you guys need is right on the homepage. Go check out Bonfire. Bonfire Bonfire.com, the exclusive home of Off the Script. And today's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. You're going to use that code JD at checkout for your free sample. Might as well start at the top, guys. Thank you for for joining me again on, uh, on your Sunday afternoons. Backstage reactions. The WWE releasing Dakota Kai and Malcolm Bivens specifically. As you guys know, WWE let both of them go in the most recent round of the NXT slash Performance Center budget cuts. The departures of both of these fan favorites shocked everybody in the IWC, everybody in the pro wrestling realm, with notable names sending messages of support to both released stars. Now, this is coming from Dave Meltzer in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Bivens and his release was a major surprise to the NXT locker room. It was also noted that Kai's release saw the company receive a lot of negative feedback from women in WWE. Discussing the contract statuses of Dakota Kai and Malcolm Bivens before they were cut, Meltzer says this in the Observer, and I quote, We're told that obviously creative at NXT had no idea about this. And we're actually working on the continuation of the angle on the day that they got cut. Bivens did not sign a recent contract offer from WWE, but his current deal also was said to not be up until 2023. 
He had been considered at one point for the main roster in the role of managing Omos, so that role went to MVP when he declined. But his departure was a major surprise. Kai had also been offered a new deal and hadn't signed one, but still, this cut got a lot of private negative feedback by women in the company. It was not a shock as she had been given tryouts months ago on the main roster and had been written out of NXT storylines, but the decision from the top was not to bring her up. It had previously been reported that this round of cuts had led to a lot of frustration backstage in NXT. Now, Malcolm Bivens actually said himself that WWE did not ever give him the idea or or give him the creative pitch to manage Omas. He said that was completely false. He said that himself. I believe he is a part-time stand-up comedian in his free time, and he actually said that while live on stage about the rumors of Omas and managing Omas. He said he never got that presented to him at all. So I don't know who's right and who's wrong here. If you want to take somebody's word for it, I would say Malcolm Bivens, uh, take his word for it because I don't know why he would lie about that. I mean, it's just an inconsequential fucking, you know, statement by by Dave Meltzer. And it's a storyline that, you know, I don't know. I, I really, I don't even know why anybody would want that anyway. Why would he why would he lie about something so so terrible? You know? So that role went to Omas. He said that was completely untrue. But Malcolm Bivens, as we talked about, was a part of Diamond Mine. And now, as you see, if you watch NXT, which I sadly still do, but I don't really want to talk about it anymore because it's fucking terrible. We, we got Roderick Strong, who, who himself has asked for his release. And, and Roddy seems to be kind of getting on the rest of Diamond Mine's nerves because of his bossiness and him pushing around the talent in the group. So we don't know what's happening with that or where Diamond Mine's going to go or if Diamond Mine is even going to be a thing. Malcolm Bivens... You know, he also said in this clip that I saw on social media, he's like, he's kind of disenfranchised with pro wrestling. He doesn't want to be in pro wrestling right now. Who's to say at some point in the next couple of years he wants to get back into the world of pro wrestling and it may interest him again. But right now he just wants to do what he wants to do. He wants to have fun. He wants to find himself again and do the things that he's most passionate about, which is always something I appreciate. So Malcolm Bivens, no matter how great he is and how talented he is, Stokely Hathaway, no matter how great he is, and what value he could have for anybody, really, on AEW, on Impact, or where, wherever he wants to go, he, he will be fine. He will be fine. But the one thing that we could say about it is that they don't want to be there. He didn't want to be there. Dakota Kai did not want to be there. They saw the writing on the wall. They knew that they did not fit. They did not like the changes. They didn't approve of the changes. I always ask people, do you think this would be a thing where Bivens and Dakota, uh, Dakota Kai, where where they would want to leave WWE if Triple H was in charge. No. No, they would not want to leave WWE if Triple H. If Triple H was in charge, we would not have Malcolm Bivens declining a contract offer from NXT. We would not have Dakota Kai declining a contract offer from NXT. They loved and admired Triple H. Everybody did. Malcolm Bivens will be fine. He is valuable. I think a commodity such as a manager, somebody that's great and could speak and really bring to life somebody that needs it. I think that's I think that's incredible. I think that's so valuable. Dakota Kai, on the other hand, WWE has one of the worst women's divisions right now creatively in all of pro wrestling. And you're just willingly giving up top tier talent like Dakota Kai, and saying, yeah, we don't need Dakota Kai because she's nothing like who we got at the top. 
Yeah, but you're going to need people to fight for the top spot when those people that are currently at the top can't do it anymore or don't want to be there anymore. Dakota Kai is 32 years old. She is not old at all. She may have the best years of her career still yet to come, and WWE just let her go. Why? If you don't think that Dakota Kai could not be thrown into the mix with a Bianca Belair and a Sasha Banks and Natalia and Naomi, Charlotte, Becky, Asuka, Bailey when she comes back. I don't get it. It really boggles my mind how WWE wants to really consolidate just one core group of women and nobody else. Why do we have two titles? Why do we have two divisions? Why do we have all these women there? And then you're just going to let them go when somebody like Dakota Kai isn't really your cup of coffee. She wasted five years in NXT for what? To get called up to the main roster, to have dark matches, and then be let go. What a waste of fucking talent. Why was Dakota Kai let go? Because she was everything that black and gold was, and WWE doesn't want anything black and gold on their roster. She was a product of Triple H and William Regal. That is the reason. Everybody that's there now, Lash Legend, who's fucking absolutely atrocious, Nikita Lyons, who's... Everybody knows why you love Nikita Lyons. It's not really that fucking difficult to see, right? Everybody loves Nikita Lyons. She's going to be the next big thing in WWE. I wonder why when she comes out half-dressed. I get it. Cora Jade, right? That's another product of Bruce Pritchard there on the NXT 2.0 brand. And everybody else that you're seeing next week on the Women's Breakout Tournament. This is NXT now. Whether they have what it takes, whether they can cut it in the ring, I don't know. I expect next week's show is going to be a complete fucking disaster. WWE needs somebody like Dakota Kai, and they let her go, man. What a fucking shame. Their women's division needs somebody like Dakota. They need somebody like Shotzi. Where's Zia Lee? You called her up from NXT. Where are these women? Why? Where's EO? Why isn't EO on the main roster? Why aren't you embracing somebody like EO? I don't get it. I don't understand it. So that was the backstage reaction. Big time frustration. Clearly on the writer's side because they were in the middle of fucking storylines and WWE doesn't even have the goal to tell the writing staff, yeah, we're releasing this, 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 this. These people. And they don't even have the fucking decency to tell the writing staff. You want to know why? Because the writing staff doesn't exist. The writing staff is Bruce Pritchard. That's all they give a fuck about. Johnny Laurinaitis made the phone calls. Oh, Bruce got it. Bruce will handle it. Don't worry about it. Bruce is the only one that matters as far as creative is concerned anyway. WWE releases. They are expected to happen imminently on the main roster. I can't wait, man. Everybody loves when everybody's released from the WWE. We all get angry. We all say, why, why, why? This is what should have been done. How could you? WWE sucks, right? WWE releases are expected to happen soon. Andrew Zarian of the Matt Men Podcast confirmed Dave Meltzer's report from last week about releases happening more frequently in WWE. Meltzer said last week that wrestlers in NXT will be evaluated after 90 days, and if they don't improve, then they will be let go to make room for new signees. There will be some exceptions, but the general idea is that they want to keep refreshing the roster until they find people 
who they think they can make it on the main roster. Zarian says this, and I quote, this is a common thing. I expect some more releases coming soon, like very soon. I don't know the exact time frame, but I was told this is not it, and there should be more happening soon. WWE typically releases people around the time of the investor conference calls. There is no word on who is on the chopping block, but presumably people who are barely used on TV right now are going to be looked at as being on the bubble. Zarian had to follow up because I believe he made a boo-boo. Zarian made a boo-boo about what he said. Somebody that he goes to in WWE said, oh, you got to retract that. You can't say that. So Zarian had to backtrack on what he said. And in an update, Zarian had to issue a clarification. He says, and I quote, I want to clarify a convo we had on the air regarding more releases. What I was told is that talent is constantly evaluated on progress. Expect more releases soon and regularly regarding developmental talent. I made an error by saying very soon. Ringside News was told that NXT's mandate is to give everybody 90 days to learn. And that is something that was said last year. This is not something new. A tenured member of the writing team told Ringside News that this policy might have been reiterated recently. We were told that when Triple H went down with his heart issues, that was the new edict. This was not a policy of Triple H's, but something the company instituted after he was taken out of NXT and eventually found himself working in other areas. (laughs) Not running NXT. Other areas of WWE. You know, for everything I report on this show, there is always still somebody that thinks foolishly that Triple H is... <laughs> I can't even say it, man. I can't. That, that Triple H is still in charge of NXT, man. Somebody out there, some geek that listens to Wrestle Geeks and these fucking happy-go-lucky podcasts, man, all positivity, right? Triple H is not in charge! Triple H is not in charge. Get over it. Get over it. If he was in charge, people wouldn't be fired every fucking 90 days. If people if people were fired every 90 days, why would Triple H do that when it never happened under his watch? Why? If Triple H was still in charge, Malcolm Bivens and Dakota Kai would still be there. If Triple H was in charge, Parker Boudreaux would still be there, not making a mockery out of the NIL program. If Triple H was in charge, we wouldn't have the fucking Fruit Loop title parading around on NXT 2.0. 2.0 wouldn't be a thing. Yeah, no, Triple H is in charge. Yeah, Triple H, Triple H would book a show where he would destroy the black and gold logo live on television to crown Braun Breaker, the new NXT champion. Right? Triple H is not in charge, man. You guys are fucking comedians. Give me a fucking break. Triple H still in charge. Who the fuck are you people watching out there, man? Seriously. Why do you watch this garbage? These other shit podcasts in the community, man. He is not in charge. He hasn't been in charge since NXT died. Holy shit. If I got to scream at the top of a fucking mountain, I would. God, do I miss Mora Ronaldo, man. Holy shit. Malcolm Bivens, Dakota Kai, and everybody else will still be there. Zarian had to clarify because he made a little boo-boo. 
Sarian's my boy, but he, little, he made a little boo-boo, man. He can't, he can't really relay the information that we all know early because it's not PR-friendly. They don't want people talking about, oh, WWE set to fire another fucking 40 people. It's going to happen anyway, folks, no matter what Zarian is told or not told. It's going to happen. You could see the writing on the wall for some of these people, man. I don't give a fuck what I say on the air because this is my fucking show. Shotzi Blackheart, T-Bag, <laughs> Dijakovic. Uh, we got Mace out there, right? Mansoor, Zia Lee, Aaliyah, just to name a few that are on WWE's budget cut radar. You know what's coming. When Shotzi Blackheart appears every time on TV with no fucking entrance and she's asked a job to Ronda Rousey in 60 seconds, man, I don't think that's somebody that's about to keep her job on WWE television. Let's be real. Let's be real. It may be fucked up to some, but the truth needs to be spoken. They will be gone. And when they are gone, I will sit here and say, I'm not surprised. I told you so for about the last six months. Why am I shocked by Shotzi Blackheart and Xia Lee being released? Xia Lee's wrestled twice since October. Give me a fucking break. That's somebody that WWE values. They will be happening more frequently. Who else is going to be on that list? I don't know. I don't know. But somebody that is over the age of 40 should be looking out over their left shoulder and looking out for the 201 area code that shows up on that number, man. On the other end of the phone, you'll be hearing, oh, excuse me, people power. It's not you, it's me, kid. We wish you well in your future endeavors. Johnny Laurinaitis! Give me a break. WWE will be releasing. It's coming. And you guys know exactly who is going to be on that list when the time comes. Candice LeRae. Speaking of contracts, Candice LeRae finished with WWE. Give myself a little golf clap there for Candice LeRae, man. Holy shit. Candice LeRae's contract is finished with WWE. She's officially a free agent. Her contract has expired. LeRae was added to the alumni section of WWE.com this morning. Candice LeRae, man. You're looking at Candice LeRae if you're a WWE talent scout or you're people power. Right? And you're looking at Candice LeRae. Who's that? Who's that? Asks Bruce. Oh, yeah, she just had Johnny Gargano's little baby boy. They are married. I, I, I forget about it, man. She, she don't look like Nikita Lyons. We got no spot for her on TV. Come on. Nobody wants to see a mother of one on TV, man. How old is Candace? 37? How old is she? 34? How, how old is she? She got to be in her mid-30s, right? She's not uh, in WWE's demographic. For Let me look this up. Let me look up Candace LeRae's age. She can't be that old. She can't be that old, man. Let's see. 36 years old, that was not off, man. Yeah, she don't fit WWE's mold, forget about it. WWE would never bring her back just based on her age alone. Even though she may be one of the best in-ring professional wrestlers as far as women's wrestling is concerned out there today. Candice LeRae's not coming back because she doesn't fit WWE's look demographic and age demographic. Fightful has confirmed that WWE sources say that she is a free agent. Her deal was expired and expected to be up this spring, but it wasn't known when she was out on maternity. So WWE also, you know, they could add time to her contract, but apparently they did not add time to her contract. WWE could have easily added time to her her contract because she missed several months due to her pregnancy, but if WWE didn't do that, that means to me that WWE doesn't want Candice LeRae and they would rather let her walk. 
Fightful also noted that they heard a few weeks ago that there were not any talks of a contract extension. One WWE source stated, if they had their way, the decision to freeze the contract during maternity would, would be her in court. Uh, or it, her, it actually, no, not in actual court, in her court. Misquoted by me because I'm a geek. Uh, it would be in her courts for WWE contract to come back and if she wanted to be there. But LeRae and Johnny Gargano had their first child in February. Johnny departed in WWE in December uh, when his contract expired, although the belief is he's headed to AEW when he's ready to wrestle. He's publicly stated that he hasn't made a decision regarding his future as he does have some unfinished business in WWE. No, you don't. Johnny Gargano that has no business in WWE, not on NXT 2.0, and not on the main roster because WWE doesn't book people on the main roster like Johnny Gargano as a priority. After working on the indies for several years, he signed uh, with W or she signed with WWE back in 2018. LeRae was a one-time NXT tag team champion in NXT with Indy Hartwell. She could add value to anybody's women's division. She could add any value. Or anybody's women's division, Candice LeRae would be a fucking shoo-in for that division. It's ridiculous how a lot of people are looking at Candice, oh, she, she should stay in NXT. No. Now, Candice LeRae is going to be better off everywhere else. Impact, AEW, she could be the wild card in the women's tournament against Britt Baker. I, I don't know. I don't know where she ends up. It, it sounds like it, it may come down to a situation where we see Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae show up in a company at the same time. I think that's going to be a very important aspect to where they go. So whoever is getting one is probably going to get a combo deal with Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae coming in at the same time. I think that's a great one-two combination. There's still a lot to give if you're Candice and Johnny. Johnny's one of the best pro wrestlers on the planet. And Candice LeRae, she could add a great value to a flourishing women's division like AEW. She can add an already great veteran presence to the Impact women's division. So we'll see what happens with that. But, you know, they say the ball would be in her courts. I think the ball in Candice LeRae's court is going to be shot somewhere else. And it's not going to be a fucking three-point swish for Candice LeRae in WWE, man. She'd be a bench player in NXT. Candice LeRae would be a starting uh, point guard somewhere in any other promotion, and that's what we need. We can't have somebody that valuable sitting on the bench being used to put over people like Cora Jade. 36 years old is not old. 36 years old, to me, has a great veteran presence that could still give us a good four, five, six years if she wanted to. I hope for the best with both Candace and Johnny going somewhere where they're going to be valued. AOP. The Authors of Pain, they are about to return to WWE, possibly MLW, Impact, AEW. We don't know. We don't know. If WWE is serious about building up their tag team division, they'd give these guys another shot. But I don't think that's going to be the case. Whether or not they go anywhere, the Authors of Pain are about to make plans to return to the ring this year. According to Fightful Select, we got Akam and Rezar planning to wrestle again. Akam and Rezar were collectively known as Authors of Pain in WWE. The report states that the team has reached out to wrestlers about an event that they are planning in Dubai this June. In addition to handling the promotion for the show, they also plan on wrestling, but it's not clear how much they plan on wrestling after that show. 
The last time they wrestled on TV was the March 9th, 2020 episode of Monday Night Raw. There were big plans for them as they were aligned with Seth Rollins before Rezar went down with injury at that time. Also at that time, there were reports that executive director of Raw at that time, Paul Heyman, wanted to push them as a modern-day road warriors, Animal and Hawk, the Legion of Doom. Meltzer reported, when Paul Heyman was there, Paul Heyman wanted to make them his road warriors, and Levesque did too, because he even brought in Paul Ellering for them, and they were a total road warrior ripoff. It's interesting that those two wanted to make them into the Road Warriors, and Vince decided to just do whatever. Paul Ellering later stated in an interview that there were plans for him to return with AOP, but the plans were put on hold because of Rezar's injury. You know, I find that to be quite, quite odd that Paul Ellering was supposed to be added to the act. He got called up with them. As soon as they made their main roster debut, Paul Ellering was a part of the act upon their debut to the main roster. And WWE on night one pretty much got rid of Paul Ellering and sent them out there on their own. I, I, that's one of the decisions or one of the decisions that I look back at as a decision. And I, and I ask myself, why? Why is that a decision that is made? Who thinks that is a right decision? Then WWE realized that they needed some managerial help, and then they put them with Drake Maverick. I don't really understand that. I don't really understand this. So why are we doing Drake Maverick and then not Paul Ellering? I don't get why. Now you want to add Paul Ellering back to the fucking fold. Meanwhile, he was there all along. So in typical WWE fashion... They build someone up in NXT like AOP, that is this dominant tag team. They make it to the main roster. They fucking kill it to the point of its last breath. And then they want to build it back up and rebuild it in their own image. But the original image that we got with Paul Ellering was the best image for these guys. It was the best thing for them. WWE creative Vince and Bruce killed AOP. That's what happened. Akam and Razor were pushed as a top act When they were in NXT, they are former NXT Tag Team Champions and the winners of the 2016 Dusty Road Tag Team Classic. After moving on to the main roster, they won the Raw Tag Team Championship, which I personally don't even remember. Yes, you could talk about, oh, they were paired with Seth Rollins. Great. Great. You could could talk about the injury to Razor or whatever. But WWE had no fucking plans because they don't have any plans for anybody that is a tag team on the main roster. No matter what these guys were planning to do or WWE was planning to do with them, pairing them with Ella Ring or Rollins or fucking Samoa Joe or Roman Reigns, I don't give a fuck. WWE has no fucking tag team division. So at the end of the day, it's, oh my God, they're going to make them look great, but the follow-up usually is something that WWE doesn't follow up on at all. I hope that they make it back. I really do. They are a big fucking tag team. Big in, in physicality. They really haven't even proved themselves at all because they were never given the opportunity to outside of what Triple H allowed them to do. It's 2022. They haven't been on WWE television in two years. Injuries, getting their mind right, doing whatever they got to do. I know they mix it up with uh, MMA or martial arts or whatever they do. Combat fighting. They could add a lot of value to a tag team division no matter where they go, just because of the size of both guys 
And imagine now a fresh, hungry AOP going in there on Impact Wrestling against the Briscoes, who just won the Impact Tag Team Championships at their recent taping. Imagine them in AEW going up against a team like FTR or Jurassic Express or Santana Ortiz. Anywhere. These guys would be a great fit anywhere, man. Tag team wrestling is thriving everywhere but WWE. I'm looking forward to it. If it does come, they want to get their feet wet and do what they got to do on their own. But if I'm a pro wrestling company, I'm looking at these guys and I'm giving them a shot. Let's see what happens. Bray Wyatt. Friends of Bray Wyatt say he could be done with wrestling forever. He could stay away from pro wrestling if the decision is made forever. Bray Wyatt, Wyndham Rotunda, he is the biggest free agent that is out there right now that would really make a difference for anybody's roster. Here's a million reasons to stay home and not return to pro wrestling, man. The one most glaring reason is that WWE fucked him over so badly that why would anybody want to return to pro wrestling, especially with the creative mind that Bray Wyatt, Wyndham Rotunda has? Why would he entrust somebody with his vision and his story and his character seeing what a control-hungry fucking freak like Vince McMahon did to it? Why would he trust anybody? That's the only reason why I would stay away. That's the only reason I need Dave Meltzer noted in the Observer Newsletter that Wyatt was making somewhere around $4 million when he was cut by WWE last July. That's a lot of fucking money. I did not think he was making that amount of money. Now, who's to say that $4 million isn't salary and merchandise included? It could be with merchandise included, seeing that he was the number one merch seller in WWE for that year he was released. And probably the year before that. Putting him amongst the third or fourth highest paid performers in the company. Meltzer also noted that Wyatt was a top merchandise seller. In 2019, he was the top merchandise seller in the company. And was near the top of the charts the last few years up until his release. Meltzer noted that a number of companies expressed interest in signing him. But they were far apart on money. Someone who knows Rotunda told WrestlingNews.co that he is smart with his money so he could sit at home and never return to pro wrestling if he wanted because he is financially secure. The source states he is very good with his money. I wouldn't be surprised if he never came back to wrestling. Last month, Wyatt stated on Instagram that not only is his health great, but he missed wrestling, but he did not say when he would return to the ring. Wyatt's father, Mike Rotunda, former IRS, was on John Layfield, JBL's podcast, with Gerald Briscoe, and said the following about his sons, Bray Wyatt and Bo Dallas. I quote, they're definitely not, maybe, done. Not really a quote that makes sense to me. Definitely not, maybe, done. I don't know. They're kind of in a situation where they got their foot in, And going in with a couple of different things, trying to see what's available. So, you know, maybe we'll see them back. Maybe you won't. I don't know yet, but I don't want to speak for them either. Because I know they're trying to reach out and get some different things going. Wyatt just got engaged last week to the former WWE ring announcer, Jojo Offerman. And they have two children together. The last time Wyatt was seen on television was the night after WrestleMania. 
last year, and there were plans for him to return last August, but it was then decided to release him from his contract. You know, the contract that he was making $4 million, obviously, looking back at it now, did not help, and then that's all WWE really needed to let him go. Why it wanted a specific something, why it wanted a specific vision, a direction for his character. Vince was not going to let him have that creative direction because Vince is a fucking egomaniac and a control freak. And he wanted to do what he wanted to do with Bray's vision, thinking that he knows best. So when Bray Wyatt gave him lip and argued about, no, 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 I don't think that's the right way, and got angry over his vision being tarnished, WWE, all they had to do was take that and then look at the amount of money he was making, and then obviously it was an easy decision to let him go, which is bullshit. They absolutely castrated Bray Wyatt. Castrated him. They cut his balls off before he can even get started, which all started with him losing to Goldberg in Saudi Arabia. That is something that he was never going to get over. I don't think fans still to this day are still over that terrible creative decision. That is the moments in which the fiend was fucking buried. Seth Rollins and the Hell in a Cell was the casket being closed. Goldberg beating Wyatt for the World Heavyweight Championship in Saudi Arabia was the casket being lowered in the dirt being poured on the fucking grave. He was never going to return and come back from that at all. Then we got this Randy Orton feud and we got Alexa Bliss getting involved and all this dark and twisted weird shit. We got that swamp match with Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt. Nothing worked out. All of a sudden you start to see Alexa Bliss take on the Fiend character and she started to act like the Fiend more than the fucking Fiend. They gave her the fucking gimmick. WWE basically took the gimmick from Wyndham, gave it to Alexa, and said, goodbye, we wish you well on your future endeavors. To a point where Alexa Bliss is now still not on television, and the last time we saw her was a storyline where she was in some fucking shrink's office talking about a fucking stuffed doll, and I thought, here we are, going back to the goddess Alexa Bliss. WWE gave us fucking weeks of this shit, only for Alexa Bliss to come back and still be dressed as the Alexa that we saw on Alexa's playground and the dark Alexa Bliss. And then the doctor in those segments, I don't know if you guys remember, take this doll wherever you go. Gave her a new fucking doll. They gave her a new doll and she shows up at the Elimination Chamber for one match and doesn't have the fucking doll with her, theoretically wasting our fucking time all those weeks about why Alexa Bliss and why fans should care about Alexa Bliss. Wyndham was killed strategically, slow, painful death in WWE. Why isn't he back? I don't know. Maybe he wants to be back. Maybe somewhere, somehow, and I said this a couple weeks ago, maybe Wyndham wants to go back to the WWE. Maybe he's so fucking heartbroken, he wants to go back there because what he did with this character and the story that was being told is not completed. He doesn't want to start over, maybe. Maybe he doesn't want to start over in another promotion and start brand new with a different character, a different gimmick, a different story, a different vision, a different direction. Maybe he wants to be back in WWE and tie up the loose ends there. Maybe he's waiting for them to have some record fucking quarter and maybe they reach out to him. Maybe, maybe if it's out there in the news that Wyndham is talking to Tony Khan, maybe WWE swoops on in and maybe he ends up joining the WWE again. Right now, they don't, they don't have any interest in him. I don't know why. I don't know why they don't have any interest in him. But maybe WWE needs a reason to care about Wyndham. 
that's not really a great reason because if Tony Khan is talking to Wyndham, then WWE swoops on in and shows interest in Wyndham. They really aren't interested in Wyndham at all. But we'll see what happens. This man is so fucking heartbroken right now. I don't blame him for not wanting to be in pro wrestling. He gave his trust to Vince. You want him to give his trust to Tony Khan? No matter how many great things are said about AEW's locker room and Tony Khan, you think he wants to willingly, easily give his trust to Tony Khan? Not unless he has 100% creative freedom. Malachi. Look at Malachi Black. Do you guys think the original vision of the House of Black is what we see now? No. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Tony Khan also is great at what he does, but he's also a very control-hungry individual. He wants to control everything. Do you honestly think Malachi Black and the House of Black is the original vision? What we see now is his original vision? I don't think so. I, I don't think so. So why would Wyndham want to give his trust to anybody? The man is fucking sad. He's heartbroken. He's going to be ready when he's ready. And when he's ready, we'll know. When he's ready, we'll see him on television. The man knows he can go anywhere and make money. The guy, the guy knows he could go anywhere and make a fucking difference and be a huge, huge, huge fucking deal. He's going to pick what's right for him and what's right for his creative freedom. The one thing that that man wants, he doesn't want the money. He don't give a shit about the money. His creative freedom does come with a price because you're not going to find anybody as talented as Wyndham. But my God, man, the one thing, I keep saying this, the one thing that that man wants is to express his creativity. He wants to be somewhere where that is going to be able to roam free and is going to be able to do what he wants to do. That is most important to him. So we'll see him when we'll see him. I'm not here to sit here and tell you, oh, I think he's great for AEW. No. If Wyndham thinks a place is best for him, that means he's ready to be back, and that is a decision that he made with himself and his family. Booker T. Booker T says Ember Moon shouldn't have talked about WWE's private meeting with and all the information that was released about Mandy Rose. Nice to know you, Booker T. Nice to know you, man. You you, you never change, bro. You, you, you never change. All these shills always got something to say, man. It's the same thing with all these fucking pro wrestling podcasts, man. Say something outlandish and then get traction because my shit sucks. During the latest Hall of Fame podcast, Booker T gave his thoughts on Ember Moon, Athena, and her recent comments about her final months in WWE and the meeting that was held where the women were reportedly told to dress sexier with more revealing attire. 
Booker T also noted that he trained Athena at Reality of Wrestling several years ago. He says, and I quote, Everything stuck out to me as far as the interview goes, Booker T said. I listened to certain parts of it. I don't know. I'm one of those types that's, you know, when you listen, you don't want to leave the company. I tried to leave all those stories behind. I try not to think about the negative part of it or anything like that. But one thing I do know is Athena was given an opportunity in WWE after trying on several occasions. Was she now? Was she given an opportunity, Booker? I don't think so. I don't think Athena was given any opportunities, really, that should be considered a real opportunity. They had this fucking woman out there with no plan on night one, out there after they figured, well, we don't, we don't really want her on TV. They had her out there running around chasing the 24-7 joke title. That's an opportunity. And in that opportunity, she tore her fucking Achilles and was out for nine months, Mr. T. Yeah, some, uh, some fucking opportunity, Booker T. Booker T said after several tries, she was finally signed. She had the right stuff, and they brought her in. Athena was going really, really well, and then she tore her Achilles. That right there is really, really bad. It's a bad injury to come back from, but she definitely weathered the storm. It came back from it. It came back from it, and it seemed like she was stronger perhaps than ever before. Booker T continued and said she was doing great things and was in a tag team with Shotzi Blackheart and that thing was going somewhere and then kind of fizzled out for some reason. It fizzled out. They called Shotzi Blackheart up to the main roster. And what did they do with Shotzi Blackheart when they called her up to the main roster? She sat in catering for 98% of her time up there. Fizzled out. It's not what I, want. It's not what I really define as fizzled out, Booker T. You know, they called Shotzi up, paired her with Tegan Knox on the tag team main roster side of things when Athena and Shotzi were the fucking tag team. Why didn't you call Athena and Shotzi up and put them in the tag team division? Where the fuck did Tegan Knox fit in? Shotzi got paired with somebody else. I'm sure that made Athena feel a certain way. No shit. But there again, when we're talking about insider information and what happened in the meetings and stuff like that, I'm not a big fan of going out and talking about what happened in the meetings. Oh, really? Really now, Booker T? This woman detailed in the most detailed way that WWE had plans for her to turn heel. It was discussed amongst her and Triple H and William Regal and everybody that was still there. WWE then... Wanted Ember Moon in a match with Cora Jade. And they wanted her to turn heel after being denied, 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 denied to turn heel against Cora Jade on main event where nobody would see it. Then after that, they told her, yes, let's go and turn you heel. And you're going to turn heel with the fiery red hair and the old Ember Moon character. But nobody saw the heel turn happen, yet you want to turn her heel. This woman wanted to give herself to all the young talent in the company on the roster and go through a losing streak and then turn heel against the biggest baby face on the brand. And WWE, they said, no, 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 no. Instead of going and taking what Ember Moon had talked about with Triple H, Triple H went away. Instead of talking about what Ember Moon talked about with Triple H and saying, all right, what did Triple H and team have in store for you? Let's continue that. 
No, they wanted to dump the whole fucking thing and do it their own way and then pull this woman at every fucking end and then eventually tell her, yeah, Vince doesn't want you on TV. He wants you off TV indefinitely. After she went and got her fucking hair done and everything, the theme music, a video package film, yeah, we're going to turn you heel one week and then, yeah, we don't want you on TV. Seriously? Booker T? Booker T thinks that it was wrong for Athena to go out there and mention all the bad things that happened to her, including the meeting with Mandy Rose and her being the focal point. Yeah, we got to dress like Mandy Rose because Triple H is not there and the, the women's division is going back to the fucking slutty diva era. It's great. It's awesome. Yeah, it's exactly what I want out of my women's division. A bunch of talentless hacks who do nothing but shake their tits and shake their ass on national television. Great. Not only are you embarrassing Ember Moon uh, and the rest of the fucking division that wants to be there and, and wrestle and continue the legacy of Sasha and Bailey and the women's revolution and what was started in the black and gold NXT, you want to turn this into a fucking second-rate strip club. It's great. No, 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 but according to Booker T, Athena can't say anything negative about the company. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. I'm glad she did. She exposed a lot about why Triple H is not in charge and the current management that th that's there now who doesn't appreciate women's wrestling, that wants to kill women's wrestling, and wants to bring back women's wrestling when a time in women's wrestling was fucking shit, like the Divas era. No, no, but we can't mention that. Ember Moon can't mention that, man. What a terrible thing to do. Booker said when she was in TNA, he doesn't think that he ever talked about what happened in meetings because... Uh, he tried to keep things business and because, you know, you will be working with them in the future at some point. So, oh, Booker T, man, what a model citizen when he was working in TNA and then when he had things happen in meetings and said in meetings and he tried to keep things business. Yeah, you can't really go out there and say all the bad things. Give me a fucking break. You can say whatever the fuck you want now. Honestly, Booker added. Just know that when whatever the future brings or whatever the future holds, putting yourself in a bad situation to where they may be a bridge or there may be a bridge that you can't cross back over. It serves you no purpose more than anything. And I just don't know why she made the comment she did. Oh, just like, say, for instance, throwing Mandy Rose in there or even putting Mandy Rose's name out there. You know, Mandy Rose might not like the way she goes out and dresses she might like that role that she's playing. Who knows? It might benefit her very, very well to play that role. But at the end of the day, everybody is going to have a role. Okay, whether you want to take that role a little bit further than the next person, that's up for debate. I mean, that's up to chance or whatever. But I do know if something that the company wants and something that they're talking about, about the inside of the company, I don't think it's something that they wanted anybody outside of that meeting to actually know about. And just that right there kind of, you know, makes me feel a certain way about it. I don't need to know what the fuck happens in a meeting or what is said in a meeting, Booker T. The smart fans will realize that you see the direction of the television show and you know exactly what they're doing without having to hear John Laurinaitis spew his sexist bullshit. Their fucking vision is terrible. Bruce's vision about women's wrestling sucks. It never was. Let's get women's wrestling to a point where we, we still build upon what Sasha and Bayley did in NXT. And that match that will live on forever as a foundational building block for women's wrestling. It's not supposed to be said. The things that are talked about are not supposed to be mentioned. Mandy Rose not supposed to be mentioned. Of course Mandy Rose likes the way she dresses. Of course she does. They built an entire fucking group around them. 
around her and what she does and, and wh- how she looks. She don't like the way she fucking dresses. Look at Toxic Attraction. They come out half clothed every fucking week. You fucking kidding me? Of course she's going to throw Mandy Rose's name out there. She's the fucking woman that they're building the entire division around. Just look at her. 100% looks and maybe 30% in ring. That's all they fucking want. Meanwhile, Athena and Ember Moon, she wants to follow the path that Sasha and Bailey built. She wanted to be a part of that. And now that she was told no and she was treated like shit, now it's a problem that she opened up about it and she got emotional about it. Sorry, Booker T. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. What an idiot. What a complete nimrod is Booker T, as always. Thank you guys for joining me on Off the Script, man. Just looking at the live stream chat. We got 1,700 people in here, man. Get those super chats in. Continue to get those super chats in. Get those memberships in. Hit that join button. Become a VIP right here on Off the Script. And let's try for 1,000 likes, man. I see 1,700 in here. Let's try for 1,000 likes minimum on today's OTS 429. Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is in the news and everybody is throwing a fit about what Roman Reigns said to a Trenton, New Jersey crowd. Roman Reigns tells WWE fans in New Jersey he may not be back because he's starting a new phase in his life. Last night at WWE's live event in Trenton, New Jersey, the undisputed world heavyweight champion Roman Reigns broke character again And he had some words for the fans in attendance. Reigns thanked fans and then said he does not know if he will ever be back in Trenton again because he is starting a new phase in his life. Reigns has been hinting for the last couple of years about making a transition into Hollywood. Last November, during an interview on The Michael K Show, Reigns said the following. I think there's going to be some moves made pretty soon. There's always these speculations, these contract talks, all that pushing. That's my business. People can deep dive enough. I'm sure they can uncover enough stones to figure out the time frame. But that's something I definitely want to dabble in. I want to gain more experience. I want to use these tools that I've learned. WWE has done so right by me. They've given me so much and placed so many great blessings and opportunities in front of me. I just had to capture them. I just had to grab the ball and run with it. I like to think that along the way, I just picked up so many skills and experienced so many different things that are going to help me because at the end of the day, we all know how this works. This is a young man's game. You can't fall down your whole life. You have to get to a point where you can transition, where you can connect and create new, fresh, evolved content for your fan base and your supporters. I think I have the ability to do that. At the end of the day, it's about getting into that game, being thrown into that fire, and seeing how you do. I have a pretty good track record with being thrown in the deep end. And if that's what happens in Hollywood, I'm looking to swim. Last month, WWE President Nick Conman told the Town Podcast that the company was helping Reigns to cross over into Hollywood. We think he's certainly up there, and we have big plans with him to help him cross over, which we think will be great for him and certainly great to do with him. Yeah, we think he has that, end quote. 
This should be a surprise to nobody. This should be a surprise to nobody. Now, I don't know when Roman Reigns' contract is up. It could be this year and up through WrestleMania next year, and then that's it. Because if you really want to really make this as simple as possible and simplify the entire process for everybody, look at Roman Reigns and what they're doing with him now. Look at what they've done with him over the last 650-some-odd days. He's held the WWE Universal Championship. He just won the WWE Championship from Brock Lesnar in a match that was fucking subpar at best against Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania in the main event, becoming the unified world heavyweight champion. Roman Reigns is somebody that WWE's built this entire product around, both Monday and Friday. They've thrown everybody at him. Everybody that the company has at a top level, at a mid-level, at him. At a mid-level because they're so desperate for fucking talent to go up against Reigns so that they may save those bigger matches for bigger events and bigger stadium shows somewhere down the line. Nakamura, Cesaro, Kevin Owens, you name it. They're being thrown at Roman Reigns just because of the simple fact that WWE doesn't have anybody. But at the end of this run, what is there left for Roman Reigns to do? Roman Reigns knows this is it. This is the end. What we're watching is the end of Roman Reigns' career. We're watching the end of Roman Reigns' career with our very eyes in a WWE ring this year. It's not going to be touted as a retirement, but it will be looked at as the final run of his career. There is nothing for this man to do. This is not, oh yeah, he's going to lose the title or lose the titles to Drew McIntyre and Cody Rhodes and he's going to wrestle The Rock. No. What is he going to do after all this is over? He's going to go back and chase the fucking championships after we just watched him hold the title for what will be 900 days? Come on, man. This is the end of Roman Reigns' career full-time this year. And the match with The Rock is going to be it. That's it. Yeah, Oos, let's go to Hollywood. That's it. WrestleMania next year, if it does happen, which I do suspect it will happen, this is the final run for Roman Reigns. It should come to no surprise or as a surprise to nobody. Anyway, this is it. Then the question is, and then the discussion will be, yeah, let's look, at, let's look back at Roman Reigns' run as world champion. Was it something that WWE fully embraced? No. No, they only embraced it because of Roman Reigns. Why did they do what they did and build up nobody else but Roman Reigns? Now you know why. If Roman Reigns isn't a superhero, if Roman Reigns is not the fucking god of pro wrestling at the end of this run, it's going to make him look a little bit less than in Hollywood. They want him to be the absolute greatest of all time in their eyes, which we know he's not going to be, in their eyes so that he can transition to Hollywood and be on that level right under the rock. That's what they're doing this for. They're not doing it to build up the future of WWE. They're not doing it to build up the mid-card and put over somebody else to take his spot, which right now there's nobody. They're doing it for Roman Reigns and Roman Reigns only. But in some sick and twisted way, WWE thinks this is going to benefit them in some way. How is it benefiting WWE that The Rock went on to Hollywood and basically left them in the dust? Roman Reigns is going to do the same thing. All Roman, Reigns is, all Roman Reigns needs is one fucking phone call for one Marvel movie to have him play a role of a lifetime that he was fucking picture made for. That's it. Goodbye, Roman. Goodbye, Joseph Anawai. Goodbye.
The tribal chief is gone, and he will come back on a semi-regular basis like John Cena, maybe once a year, maybe once a year. And we all know where that's going to lead. Joe Anawaii is going to be the next big name in Hollywood, and when Roman is ascending the heights, The Rock is going to take a more minuscule role. How many fucking movies is he going to be making? How long can he do the schedule he's running? And who's to say he doesn't run for president of the United States, which has already been fucking teased everywhere, including Young Rock, right? It's already been teased. Roman is going to be the next major star in Hollywood. Bookmark it. That's what WWE wants. All the major Hollywood stars. Rock, Dwayne came from WWE. John Cena came from WWE. Batista came from WWE. You can add Roman Reigns to that list. But like I said, the discussion is going to be, how is Roman's run looking back at it? To me, it was a fucking failure. More than likely, it will be deemed as a failure. Because WWE did not build up anybody in that time frame. Not one single fucking person looks better for feuding with Roman Reigns. Did we get some great matches out of it? Yes. Was it Roman's best run in his entire career? Yes. Was it needed? Yes. Was Roman the best in-ring performer of his entire career then? Yes. But what did it do for the fucking company? What did it do for the company? We'll see what WWE plans to do with it. Because if the WWE is not ending the, the brand split and we're still going to have two champions, which I assume we still will, Drew McIntyre's already talked about it, we need a world championship on both brands. He may be the one to take one of those titles from Roman Reigns. He may be the one to take down Roman Reigns this year for the, world, for the Universal Championship. And you know what? I think I'm ready to see it. I don't think Drew McIntyre's the guy. I don't. I think he's great. Do I think he's the guy that's going to lead a brand? No, I don't. I think that ship has sailed. WWE showed you exactly what they think of Drew McIntyre. Just look at the first run he had and the second run he had as world champion on Monday Night Raw. It was very, very lackluster. Do I think he's going to be better off on SmackDown? No. There's nobody on that show unless WWE miraculously changes something via the draft. Roman, in my eyes, will lose that world championship to Drew McIntyre when it is time this year. Roman, on the other hand, he needs to lose that other championship, the WWE championship, to Cody Rhodes. It needs to be Cody beating Roman. I don't want to see Roman just give up the fucking title. You're going to make the title look like a fucking piece of shit title if you give up the WWE title and we have some fucking makeshift bullshit tournament for the world title. Cody needs to beat somebody to make the story make sense. He doesn't need to beat a fucking jobber in a tournament. That means nothing. I don't want to see that. Roman needs to drop the Universal title to Drew and needs to drop the WWE title to Cody Rhodes. That's what needs to be. He doesn't need the title going into WrestleMania against The Rock, and that's going to be the one match that's going to transcend both guys and move them on to Hollywood together. This, what we're watching, is the end of Roman Reigns' run. But when I sit here and I talk about Roman Reigns, I was, yeah, he's finally a heel, yes! All the missed opportunities that WWE had to make this guy into a fucking megastar and help the rest of the roster. They didn't even bother to help put anybody else over. It was Roman, 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 and that is it. What a fucking disgrace. What a terrible vision that WWE has. The draft. WWE's even thinking about doing the draft after SummerSlam this year, and we're moving it up. Whereas it's been happening in October, they're thinking about doing it in July. 
Ringside News previously reported that a draft is internally listed for September. Commenting on this report in the latest edition of the newsletter, Dave Meltzer noted that a source told him that it could take place following SummerSlam, noting that WWE hadn't decided on a specific date as of this writing. Meltzer says, and I quote, Ringside News reported that WWE is internally, tentatively scheduling the draft for September. A WWE source told us that it could be August, right after SummerSlam, or it could be September. No date was finalized, but the gut feeling was after SummerSlam or in the lead into the Cardiff show, Clash of the Castle, but it's definitely right now set for that time frame. SummerSlam is slated to air on July 30th from Nissan Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee. WWE's Clash of the Castle will emanate from Principality Stadium in Cardiff Wells on September 3rd. Drew McIntyre recently shared his thoughts additionally on the brand split, believing that WWE should have two world titles if continuing on with two separate brand rosters. WWE could do a couple of different things if they want with this world championship situation. One of them is what I mentioned. Cody Rhodes could win the title from Roman Reigns. That may be a little outside of WWE's comfort zone. WWE could easily do something else. We could see Edge take the WWE title. We could see Randy Orton take the WWE title. We could wait on Cody Rhodes and have Cody Rhodes crowned at WrestleMania next year. Randy Orton versus Cody Rhodes would be a marquee match, if anything, at WrestleMania for Cody to win the title against Randy Orton. I'd much rather it be against Roman Reigns. That's the guy. That's going to be the guy. And the family lineage there between both, I mean, it tells a story in itself. I don't really want WWE to wait on that because I do think that Cody is the guy to hold that show up on Monday night, and we need somebody like that at the top that the fans are fully invested in, and that would bring the greatest amount of story possible to what I think WWE has been severely lacking when it comes to the world title. They got a bunch of different ways to go about it. McIntyre more than likely is taking that title on SmackDown because there's nobody else. But the question is... I don't really want to get into specifics about how WWE handles this draft. I don't. I don't want to talk about it. I can sit here all fucking day and talk about how WWE needs to do a draft and what should be done with the draft and all this other shit. I've talked about it. If you're an OG on the channel, you know exactly what WWE needs to do. But at the end of the day, WWE needs to start investing 100% in Austin Theory. They need to invest in Carmelo Hayes. They need to invest in Braun Breaker. They need to invest in Walter. They need to invest in Tony D'Angelo. They need to invest in this talent that will sooner or later, minus Walter or Gunther, Gunther, he should be, listen, Drew McIntyre winning the world championship on SmackDown versus Walter, man. I mean, it makes it just writes itself. I mean, when Drew McIntyre wins that world championship, Walter will be there to challenge Drew McIntyre to win that championship. That writes itself. If you ain't thinking that right now, I mean, I don't even, I don't even know why the fuck you're there. Those guys, Braun Breaker, Tony D'Angelo, Carmelo Hayes, right? All those guys, uh, Solo Sokoa. You're going to need to call these guys up imminently. When Roman Reigns is there and you just feel like he's about one foot out the door, WWE needs to make the next big guy. If that's Braun Breaker, so be it. If that's Carmelo Hayes, so be it. It's got to be put into place. If these names are not a part of the fucking draft come July, you are making a terrible fucking mistake. 
The time is now to invest in the future. Now. Not next year. Not next draft. Not two years from now. 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 It's bad enough we got the fucking networks running roughshod over everything on TV. They canceled the fucking unification match on Sunday's pay-per-view. All because they want brand exclusivity on their roster. Meanwhile, they are actively sabotaging the fucking show. Monday Night Raw sucks because of it, and SmackDown sucks because of it. The entirety of WWE's product sucks because of this fucking draft and this brand split. I wish the brands were not held down by the TV networks. What the fuck do they know? They don't know jack shit. And WWE already doesn't know jack shit. Now we're listening to people on top of that. We got two fucking... You know, two fucking groups of people who don't know jack shit. WWE needs to start investing in their future. I'm tired of the fucking Austin throwbacks nostalgia. I'm tired of the John Cena's coming back, even though I love John Cena. I think he's more valuable now than he's ever been in his entire career. John Cena coming back is always going to be back for the future. When that time comes, I won't even mind him being world champion for one final run and telling that story of chasing number 17. Tired of Goldberg. I'm tired of all these fucking old has-been hacks coming back. It works for one night. It works for one pay-per-view. But Carmelo Hayes and Braun Breaker and all these people... They need to be given the ball. It is time to start trusting the fucking process. You've done nothing to build the future up with Roman Reigns. And now you're looking at him departing and there's virtually nobody to take his spot. No one. What the fuck are you going to do about it? Or are we going to have to sit through fucking mediocre television week after week after week with the same fucking matches every week? Until you're ready to bring the future to television. The future is now. The future is now. Get with the fucking program. WWE. They touted record financials for the first quarter of 2022. All the e-drones and all the shills were talking about this online. Look at WWE. Look at how great WWE is. Blah, blah, blah. Let's suck the e-dick. I'm on Nick Khan's payroll. I love talking about people making money that don't give a shit about me or don't even realize I exist. You know, those people on social media. WWE records record results for the first quarter of 2022. Revenue was at $333.4 million, which was an increase of 27% on a quarterly record. Operating income was $92.4 million, an increase of 42%, and adjusted uh, from the $111.7 million, which was an increase of 33% on a quarterly record. Returned capital to shareholders totaling $38.9 million, including share purchases or repurchases, I should say, and dividends paid, announced a multi-year extension of the company's original programming partnership with A&E, that includes more than 130 new hours of premium WWE theme shows and series. Announced a broadcast partnership with MBC Group, the largest and leading group in the Middle East and North Africa, to air WWE premium live events, live episodes of Raw and SmackDown, as well as WWE's network and vast library of content. They also announced a comprehensive long-term partnership with Fanatics to create new enhanced digital platform 
for e-commerce and licensed merchandise, as well as physical, digital, and non-fungible tokens, NFTs, trading cards. WW2K22, the latest installment of the company's flagship video game franchise, was released to strong consumer demand and rave reviews when it was released. You know, I could sit here and say congratulations to them. I will not. I don't give a fuck how much money they make. They will end up releasing everybody that they want every 90 days. They will end up having quarterly or bi-quarterly releases, maybe annual releases on the main roster, depending on how often they want to release people. WWE is going to release talent every 90 days amongst record numbers. The numbers that I just read to you don't fucking matter to people like you or I. Do you want to know why? Because all we care about is the actual pro wrestling content on TV on Monday and Friday. And right now, it is the absolute worst it has ever been. It is dead. Dead. If WWE actually gave a shit instead of winging it every fucking week and fucking going on autopilot every fucking week and showing us lifeless television every week, maybe these numbers would be 400 million. Maybe the operating income would be 160 million. I don't know. But don't you think if they put on better television that everything else here that we've already read to you would be up? And pardon me for making sense here. Let's go back one year. Where was WWE in the first quarter of 2021? If my memory serves me correctly, they were running a fucking show in front of virtual screens. The Thunderdome was in full effect. They had no live gates. They had no fucking attendance. Don't know what their merchandise was during that down period working in the Thunderdome. They did not work in front of live audiences up until August of 2021. SummerSlam was the first event that they held back as the biggest party of the summer with 40,000 people in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. WrestleMania was only filled to one-third capacity, and they went right back to the Thunderdome. So when everybody wants to tell, oh, my God, look at how much money WWE made. Look how much they're up. What were they up against? They were up against nothing. They had no live gate. The only income that they had last year were the TV rights deals that they had from NBC and Fox and the Saudi blood money deal that they had coming on in as well. And they didn't even do that in the middle of the pandemic. So what exactly were they up against? They were up against nothing. So spare me your fucking dick sucking e-drones. Spare me your fucking bullshit shills. They were up against nothing. If anything, they're touting these numbers proud and fucking waving the flag high because that's what WWE does. And they don't like to look back on anything they did previously. They only like to look forward. I wish still to this day people would look year over year over year over year for the last 10 years about where the, 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 the declining Monday Night Raw audience went. Why are their ratings down? Oh, it's NFL football. Oh, it's the NBA playoffs. Oh, it's the Westminster Dog Show. No, they're down because the show sucks. Not because of the fucking other television that is appearing on that same night. Give me a break. Freddie Prinze Jr. He shares his plan for his wrestling promotion, says he 
wants to have it running in 18 months. Good old Freddie Prince Jr., man. Listen, man. I loved you, and I know what you did last summer. I loved it, man. During this week's Wrestling with Freddie, Freddie Prince Jr. gave us an update on his wrestling promotion. He wants to start up. I plan on having this thing up running in 18 months. That's my plan. There's a way for me to get it done sooner, but it requires me going to Australia for three months and leaving my family. I'm not a big fan of doing that, regardless of how kind and respectful the studio is, unless I was in person, or I was in a position, rather, where I had to. I love being a dad. It's the reason I walked away from the business in the first place. I doubt I'll have a TV contract right away. It's very difficult to maintain ownership and get a TV deal in the beginning like that. If you're established, they can come in and license you or buy a portion of you, but you'll still be in control. I think I want to start it as a two-hour show. I want my storylines based in reality. I want to give the women and men equal time on the roster. The goal is to bring the show to television, and I want it to be a SAG show. What that means is I want it to be a union show, which would mean each and every single one of my wrestlers would be a part and a member of the Screen Actors Guild and be entitled to all the insurance, medical benefits that come along with that. I think that's great. I think that's awesome. He's got a vision and he's planning it out and he's putting all of this of his vision and making it a reality, or at least trying to make it a reality. This is great. Plus, also, another alternative for people to go and work with somebody who's not only a fan of the business, but has obvious ties to the business. He's worked for WWE in the creative portion of it, the creative aspect of it for many years. So he knows what to do and what not to do. And he is, like I said, the most important thing, a fan of the sport of professional wrestling. This is only a great thing. I'm excited to see what happens, who's going to line up and work for him, what a TV deal looks like. If he could get the fucking Screen Actors Guild involved, that's a great fucking win because that's unheard of in today's pro wrestling landscape. Listen, Freddie, if you, listen, man, you're going to need commentaries, right? You're going to need commentators. You're going to need a commentary team. Listen, man, where do I send my resume? Where do I send my resume, bro? Seriously, I got, I got references. I got four years, four and a half years of experience with House of Glory. My boss is Amazing Red and Brian, uh, Brian XL over at House of Glory. I got connects. I got references if you need it, bro. Seriously. Where do I send my resume? Don't go out there and get uh, Josh Matthews, man. I mean, come on, bro. You, you got to get some people that are passionate, man. Nobody's more passionate than what I do than me. So let's get talking and let's get to business. Seriously. Where do I send my resume? SmackDown. SmackDown results from April 29th. Drew McIntyre defeated Sami Zayn in a steel cage match. Oh joy, oh joy. Basic as basic could be. Madcap Moss invaded Happy Talk to get redemption on Happy Corbin. Happy Corbin interviewed a fucking trophy. Yes, this was last week. This was not uh, this week's show. This was last week's show. I don't give a shit about this week's show. It was equally as terrible. Ricochet defeated Shanky in an IC title match. Raquel Gonzalez defeated Kat Cardoza in her SmackDown debut, smiling everywhere. Raquel Rodriguez. Yeah, I'm going to do a a shoe flex. Smile. (laughs) Let me do my powerbomb. Smile. (laughs) You know, what a debut for Raquel Rodriguez, right? She wasn't even on the fucking show on Friday. Xavier Woods defeated Rich Holland. Naomi beat Shayna Baszler. Sheamus beat Kofi Kingston. Ronda Rousey. Defeated Shotzi Blackheart in a beat-the-clock, I-quit challenge match. 
In about 90 seconds, Charlotte Flair failed to defeat Aaliyah in less time than Rousey's win. Oh, man. Wow. What a fucking show that was on Friday night, man. Jesus fucking Christ. Sasha Banks and Shayna Baszler this Friday, May 6th. May 6th, Shayna Baszler beat Sasha Banks. Rich Holland and Sheamus beat Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston in a tables match. Sami Zayn beat Shinsuke Nakamura via countout. Charlotte Flair and Aaliyah never got started because Ronda drowsy. She threw herself out there and made a, another shit attempt at selling excitement for this dead match on Sunday night. And then Bloodline and RK Bro with Drew McIntyre, they faced off to sell their match on Sunday in the main events of Backlash, which we now know why it's not a tag team unification match. As I said earlier, Fox was the one that canceled it because they want brand exclusivity on Friday nights. Now, being that I don't have the ratings for this past Friday show, I'm going to give you the ratings for the 429 episode of SmackDown. Draw the lowest uh, lowest demo in the normal time slot for SmackDown. The lowest demo since, I believe, this was July 2nd, where WWE still aired TV from the Thunderdome. Show average 1.953 million viewers on Fox, which was up from the 1.952. The show did just one week ago in the 18 to 49 demo. The show did a 0.38 rating. That is down from a 0.47. My goodness. No, but it's the NBA playoffs. It's the NBA playoffs. WWE's attendance and their viewership is being is being hurt by the NBA playoffs. Yeah, right. Not using that as an excuse. I'll use that as an excuse for AEW. I'm not going to use that as an excuse for WWE. If you go look year over year over year from year one, AEW is up. If you look year over year over year for the last 10 years, WWE is fucking down terribly. I will blame the NBA playoffs when it comes to AEW Dynamite. I will not use the same excuse or such excuses for WWE television. Biggie. Biggie gave a major update on his neck injury. Biggie has provided an update on his neck injury that he suffered in March on an episode of WWE SmackDown where he awkwardly landed on top of his head after taking a suplex from Ridge Holland. The former WWE champion later revealed that he suffered a broken neck. C1 and C6 in his neck were fractured, but non-displacement. He also didn't damage his spinal cord, nor suffer any ligament damage, and he did not, at the time of that update, need surgery. Biggie shared this update on his neck by writing the following on Twitter, and Biggie says, For those serious of an update, my C1 apparently isn't healing optimally, I'll spend another four to six weeks in a brace in hopes that I can avoid a fusion. But don't you fret. I've got a tremendous support system, and what shall be, shall be. End quote. Big E obviously is in great spirits, and Big E is trying to get back and at a healthy state, and it's something that can't be rushed. Biggie's going to be off television. I wish the fans would realize that, man. You know, fans would realize that Biggie is hurt and then really just give him time to, to get better if there wasn't such a desperate need for somebody like Biggie on the television show. That's WWE's problem. 
You know, Kenny Omega is a great example. Kenny Omega went down and had multiple injuries with multiple surgeries that he needed to go out there and get. Not as serious as a neck injury like Big E, which could have been life-ending for Big E. Thank God it wasn't. But you look at somebody like Kenny Omega on AEW side. Look at Kenny Omega being out since November and full gear. Do you even realize Kenny Omega is out? Yes, to an extent, because it's Kenny Omega, and he's one of the best pro wrestlers on the planet. But Kenny Omega being out isn't as big of a detriment or negative to AEW's television show because look at how many other people they have in place to take Kenny Omega's spot until Kenny Omega comes back. WWE relies on people like Big E to be on television, and it's even more so now enhanced because of the lack of roster depth they have on Friday night. So when Big E goes down with injury... Of course people are going to know he's gone. Of course people are going to miss him. Of course people are going to be asking questions. Big E needs to get better. And if WWE had the right people in place to let Big E fucking rest and recuperate and get better, we wouldn't be putting such a huge fucking question mark on where's Big E? When's Big E going to come back? You can't be doing that. Let Big E get better. And I wish nothing but the best for Big E because God only knows WWE needs Big E back on television. The six-man tag team match was always planned for WrestleMania Backlash that we will be seeing tonight between the Bloodline, RK-Bro, and Drew McIntyre. I don't believe this at all. WWE originally announced that the Raw Tag Team Champions, RK-Bro, would be facing SmackDown Tag Team Champions, the Usos, in a title unification match at Backlash, which was the right thing to do. That was the right match to make. The tag team divisions are fucking shit. The tag team divisions are absolutely the worst they've ever been. There's no need for two championships. There's no need for two divisions. Now, Fox, we now found out that Fox wants brand exclusivity, and they don't want their roster showing up on Raw. They don't want their roster holding Raw tag team titles. They don't want anything to do with merging the brand splits and easing the roster depth. They don't want it. WWE did an angle on last week's SmackDown where Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre got into a brawl after the contract signed to make the unification match official. They made it official. However, WWE changed it to the bloodline. Reigns and the Usos versus McIntyre and RK-Bro in a six-man tag team match. It turns out that WWE never planned to go through with the unification match. False. I call bullshit on that. We got not one, but two weeks after WrestleMania where Roman Reigns and the Bloodline attacked Shinsuke Nakamura. That was the plan. Reigns and Nakamura at a D-level pay-per-view known as Backlash was the plan because they did not want to give Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns a main event spot right after WrestleMania for two reasons. One, it's too soon. Knowing that they got two stadium shows coming up, it's too soon. Number two, Reigns and his injury status was in question coming out of WrestleMania. So they wanted to do a nothing match before they start building a something match with Drew McIntyre. That was the plan. The six-man tag team match was not the plan. Give me a break. Meltzer said this in The Observer. I think Meltzer was fed false information. Meltzer is the most notable name in the industry when it comes to breaking news and rumors. If Meltzer says this, then it looks like WWE is in the right. And they're in the wrong. They're always in the wrong. This would explain why it was only confirmed that Reigns would headline the show and no one from WWE would confirm Reigns defending 
the undisputed WWE Universal title against McIntyre at the event. It was previously reported that WWE is saving this big title match between Reigns and McIntyre for one of the upcoming big stadium shows. Meltzer added that the idea is with the show being held in an arena and four weeks after WrestleMania, the interest level wasn't going to be that high and they need big matches for the bigger shows. There's no interest in the fucking product, no matter where it is, no matter who's in the main event, period. So that is a moot point. There's no interest in the fucking show or the product, period. I can tell you. WWE's bullshitting you with this. This is a bullshit article. This is a bullshit story. The plan was Roman Reigns and Nakamura at a arena show four weeks after WrestleMania, not McIntyre. The unification match was the plan. WWE even thought it was. They had a contract signed. Then all of a sudden, WWE has Roman Reigns on SmackDown one week, rip up the contract, and shove the fucking contract in Matt Riddle's mouth. And I'm asking questions, well, nothing was explained as to why the match was changed. I'm supposed to assume now that the title match has changed based off what we saw on television because Drew McIntyre pushed the bloodline shit in and now the bloodline is giving up winning unified tag team titles because Drew McIntyre said a couple of bad words about the bloodline. That's what you're going with? That's more important than the bloodline taking and unifying the tag team titles. Nothing was explained. Meanwhile, Roman Reigns himself sent the Usos to Monday Night Raw to unify the tag team titles. Nothing was said after that. He said it himself, go get me the tag team titles. Then he rips up the contract and null and voids the fucking contract. Then we get a six-man tag team match. Nothing made sense. Yet WWE wants me to believe this was the plan all along. You don't tease a fucking unification match and then tell me, yeah, we teased that and clickbait our audience, but this was the plan to do a six-man tag team match. Bullshit. Complete and utter bullshit. The tag team division needs to be merged. That should be a priority in WWE right now. I don't want to give them the benefit of the doubt, but they may be in a situation where they were trying to do the right thing, and Fox came in and said, no, 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 no. We don't want nothing to do with NBC Universal. We want brand exclusivity, which I find ridiculous. I wish these major networks would shut the fuck up, back away, and let someone in WWE do the right thing, which rarely happens. They finally were about to do the right thing, and now you want to take it away. It's almost as if the fans' voice don't matter. Yes, let's listen to Fox. Give me a break. Lettuce plans for Shinsuke Nakamura and Roman Reigns. We're still getting it. We're still getting it. It's been teased on SmackDown. Ringside News reports now that Nakamura will not be facing Roman Reigns at a stadium show, but Nakamura is there for the creative team to use at any time. This is from Ringside News sources. Of course, fans will be happy to know that WWE hasn't forgotten about Nakamura. Nakamura will return to singles action for a while, as his tag team partner, Rick Boogs, suffered an injury at WrestleMania. So yes, the plan is for Nakamura after all of this is over. My question is, my question is, is WWE going to do this six-man tag tonight and then again at Hell in a Cell? This is my question. I really want you guys to think about this for a second because I don't really think anybody in the community is raising this type of uh, awareness and questioning. If Roman Reigns or Drew McIntyre is the plan for the WWE Unified Championship, we got this six-man tag team match tonight. 
Is WWE going to start Hell in a Cell with Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns? Their first match in this feud is going to be conducted inside of Hell in a Cell. I could see it. It won't be the first time WWE did it. The last time they did it, they did it with Sasha Banks and Bayley. And that sucked. The match itself was all right, but the entire feud was, was ruined. It was, it was done backwards. They did it backwards for Sasha Banks and Bayley. Is WWE going to do that? Because you know they're going to have to sell a big match inside Hell in a Cell. Or do we do this match tonight and then six-man tag inside Hell in a Cell? And then we get Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns doing their singles matches through Money in the Bank. And then SummerSlam. And McIntyre wins the belt at SummerSlam. I don't know. I know what I'm doing. I'm having Drew McIntyre win that title before Clash at the Castle. And I'm having McIntyre main event with Gunther in the main event in Cardiff Wells. That's what I'm doing. That's exactly what I'm doing. So it's going to be interesting to see how WWE handles this Nakamura-Reigns match. Or do they put Nakamura and Reigns inside Hell in a Cell, which would be fucking laughable. They don't deserve Hell in a Cell. Yes, let's tarnish the fucking cage even more so. Not only is it a shit red color, but now we're going to put a match that doesn't even belong in there inside Hell in a Cell. Great. Got a lot of questions there, Bruce. Got a lot of questions, man. How are you going to answer them? How are you going to answer them? Choose your answers wisely. Roman Reigns, like I said, the Drew McIntyre match will be delayed for the bigger stadium shows. That is obviously what WWE is going with with this six-man tag team match tonight. They want you to think that they're going to do the match later on when WWE has bigger crowds at Money in the Bank and at SummerSlam. Drew McIntyre also said that there should be two world champions if the brand split continues. We talked about this on the SmackDown post show. McIntyre spoke with the New York Post. And he argued that if WWE is going to keep two separate rosters, the company should have two top titles. If we've got separate rosters, I kind of like the idea of a champion for each show. At the same time, we just had WrestleMania and we needed a huge match. Brock had one title and Roman had the other title. It made for a very interesting match. I don't want to use the word stupendous, but it made for a very, very big match. And now we are kind of with... You know, the fallout of that huge match, or in the fallout of that huge match, that huge match that happened at WrestleMania, and we'll see what happens moving on down the line. I kind of like the idea of a champion representing each brand. We have those separate brands, so somebody has to take down Roman at least for one of those titles. Yes. Yes, I'm not really all that big for a Drew McIntyre title run, but if Drew McIntyre wins the title and beats Roman and then wrestles Gunther at the Clash of the Castle show, I'm all for that. I really am. If that is the plan, you got my approval. So, yes, we do need two world champions. If there is going to be a brand split in place, we do need two world championships. We cannot have Monday Night Raw without a world champion. So, however the plan is going to play out, Cody and Drew McIntyre seemingly are the guys to win both of those world champions because Roman Reigns does not need the championship if he plans to feud with The Rock going into WrestleMania. The titles will not be needed. Naomi. She actually addressed the possibility of joining the bloodline on WWE television. I found this to be interesting. Naomi is married to Jimmy Uso, as you guys are very well aware. Some fans have wondered why she's not a part of the bloodline, as she could turn heel and be a top female superstar while in the group. This is something that the former SmackDown Women's Champion talked about while doing an interview with Inside the Ropes. She says, and I quote, I'm definitely not opposed to it. And I think that it is important in our business to grow and evolve. If there ain't, there organically then 
I don't want it, and I don't want to be a part of something just for the sake of doing it. Okay, we've seen her in glow for this long. Let's just go heal. See something different, I really believe, in it evolving naturally from there. She then noted that she doesn't want to be forced into the group just to be in it. She says, it definitely works, but I think just right now, there has to be a way to get me there because I'm so not affiliated with them right now on the show. They're killing it. Their faction is incredible. Like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Naomi was then asked whether she gets wisdom from Paul Heyman, and she does because she's always around the Usos. I do, and it is a little weird that I'm not in it because I'm always there with them. I'm always there. I'm always around. I'm always annoying them. Maybe later down the road, or maybe there's somewhere for me to come in with the boys, with John and Josh. But definitely something I would look forward to. I would want it to be the right time and done properly. That shit may have sailed. To be honest with you, that, that shit may have sailed. We may be looking at the end of the bloodline. So WWE could have easily did this when Naomi wasn't really doing much of anything. They could have did it when she was feeding with Sony Deville. They could have did it during the Thunderdome era. WWE did not want that presence in the bloodline. I don't know why. It would have, been, it would have made Naomi into a top name, finally, in the, in the women's division. And it would have given her something substantial to do while she wasn't really doing much of anything. But now as we potentially see the end of the bloodline when with all these Roman Reign rumors leaving WWE for Hollywood, Roman Reigns might not, might not even be there and the bloodline might not even be a thing anymore. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens, but uh, Naomi in the bloodline, man, I think that's one of the biggest creative ideas that has been collectively embraced in the IWC. And I'm surprised WWE hasn't really gone and done it because it does make sense and you have someone like Paul Heyman there and Roman Reigns with two great minds. You know, she talks about it not making sense. They would have made it make sense. WWE, creative, all the people that wouldn't have made it make sense. But Paul Heyman, they would have made it make sense. They've been pretty spot on with everything regarding Roman Reigns outside this little hiccup where Roman Reigns told the Usos to go get the tag team titles and then seemingly rips up the contract and no explanation of why is made and why the match is canceled when he was the one who advocated for it. Naomi deserves a top spot. I honestly pitched Naomi to win the fucking Royal Rumble. I said Naomi should be wrestling Charlotte Flair and winning the World Women's Championship at WrestleMania instead of putting Ronda Rousey inside a WrestleMania main event spot with Charlotte Flair. Naomi deserves better. AEW Dynamite. This is May 4th, 2022. Jeff Hardy beat Bobby Fish in an Owen Hart Cup qualifier. Jeff Hardy now wrestles Darby Allen on Wednesday's Dynamite. Can't wait. You know, a lot of people claimed that, you know, there were some idiots out there that claimed that, oh man, JD loves AEW so much, man. It's the reason why we don't watch his show anymore. Yeah. JD is so positive about AEW. Yeah, we can't take all that Tony Khan cocksucking on the show. You know, th this is an excuse that people are using as to why you don't watch the show. Number one, I don't give a fuck. Number two, you're not going to tell me what I can and cannot like. Number three, it's the best wrestling show of your entire week. Raw and SmackDown don't hold a fucking candle to AEW Dynamite. So why can't I embrace AEW like I embraced NXT? I don't understand it. 
what you're basically watching is a recreation of the black and gold. And if you don't like AEW Dynamite and you like NXT black and gold, you're clearly a fucking hypocrite. So shut up. Shut up. Dynamite on most weeks is a thumbs up show. Blow me. Mercedes Martinez defeated Deanna Peraza. What an awful match. Oh my God. Love both of those ladies, but that match sucked. You got people like Sap out there fucking crying that the match was great and this and that. The match was awful. I mean, I don't know what you want. Maybe you had piped in crowd noise on your fucking feet. I don't know. The match was fucking dead. It was better than fucking taking a NyQuil right before bed. People were drowsing off. It was like Ronda Drowsy was in the fucking ring on Wednesday and I got for bed. The match sucked. There was no build. Nobody gives a shit about Deanna Perrazzo on AEW television. Nobody barely knows who she is. Mercedes Martinez hasn't been on TV since she's won the TV title. Oh, not TV title. The women's title on Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor. I don't know why you couldn't give us video packages to lead up to a big match. I don't know why the big match couldn't take place at the Forbidden Door pay-per-view, being that this is a Forbidden Door match. It constitutes as a Forbidden Door match, right? Deanna Perrazzo works for Impact. Mercedes Martinez works for AEW. There you go. Forbidden door. Give me some build. Maybe it wouldn't have been a fucking snooze fest on Wednesday night. Mercedes Martinez, by the way, is the new Ring of Honor Women's Champion. Wardlow defeated William Morrissey. Big cast. You know, there were reports coming out of Wednesday's Dynamite that WWE is now heavily interested in big cast. They're heavily interested in William Morrissey. Yeah, really? I, I, I see you, Bruce. You guys are fucking comedians, man. You tell me all the time, AEW's not competition. No, AEW's not competition. Right? Meanwhile, they're the first people watching the fucking show. Vince and Bruce, oh, oh, where's the remote? Let's turn on TNT. Let's turn on TNT. Let's turn on TBS. Right? They're the first ones to turn on fucking TBS every Wednesday night. You fucking kidding me? Then when they see Big Cass, seven feet tall, you can't teach that with six-pack abs, wrestling Wardlow. Of course they want fucking William Morrissey back. I said it on Twitter. If Vince McMahon saw William Morrissey now, he'd be fucking jerking off to get him signed to WWE. Of course he is. Ray Phoenix defeated Dante Martin. In an Owen Hart Cup qualifier and the Blackpool Combat Club, they defeated Angelico, Butcher, and Blade. Very good episode of Dynamite. This Wednesday's Dynamite, man, going to be a banger of a show. Adam Cole, baby, versus Dax Harwood. We got Britt Baker, I believe, against the wild card, right? And we got Jeff Hardy versus Darby Allen. Owen Hart Cup, man. Love it. Reminds me of the old school King of the Ring tournaments, man. Tony Khan showing you exactly how a tournament, especially a woman's tournament, Bruce, is done. How it's supposed to be done. Dynamite on May 4th. My grandpa's birthday. God rest his soul. AW Dynamite, May 4th, 2022. Draws the lowest total viewership since May, of course, uh, all, all, all statistics against NBA competition, says the fucking geeks online. God, man, you know, if you want to laugh, man, go look at Brian Alvarez's tweet every time he tweets out the AW ratings, man. i never seen so many fucking virgins in my entire life, man. Please go get some vitamin D, man. The sun is very good for your overall health. 
The ratings are in for Dynamite. The show drew 833,000 viewers, down from 921,000 viewers the show did previously. In the 18 to 49 demo, the show did a 0.32. That was down from a 0.33. Dynamite continues to face competition from the NBA playoffs that dominated the night. Last week was the lowest total viewership since February 16th, while this week was the lowest since May 19th, 2021, in its normal time slot. Dynamite ranked number four, so there's still a top five show for the entire night on cable in the top 150 shows, same as the number four ranking last week. Rampage. Rampage drew 464,000 live viewers and a 0.14 rating in the 18 to 49 demo. In the 10 p.m. time slot last week, the show did five, uh, 518, 518,000 live viewers, and that was a 0.19 rating in the 18 to 49. Rampage did a 25 ranking in the cable top 150 shows for the night on cable, and the show last week did number 14. You know, I said this before, I'm going to say it again. I'm going to use the NBA playoffs as an excuse for AEW Dynamite because the simple fact of the matter is that they're up year over year over year. I'm not going to use that same excuse for Monday Night Raw. not going to use that same excuse for Friday night because WWE has been a long staple on television. And if you want to watch WWE television, you're going to watch WWE television. WWE television has been down for the last 15 years, probably longer than that. The ratings have declined. And I'm not using NFL Monday Night Football. I'm not using NBA. I'm not using the World Series. I'm not using Wimbledon or the PGA Tour or fucking Guy Fieri. I'm not using none of that. WWE's product sucks. That's the reason why they're down. The the excuse of, uh, oh, the NBA playoffs is nothing more than a fucking excuse by dick riders of WWE television. AEW, on the other hand, yes, they are down because of the NBA playoffs, but they're still up year over year over you. Pardon me. E-drone. New Japan. New Japan and AEW, man. Forbidden Door sells out in under 40 minutes. Oh, my goodness, man. TK. TK tweeted. Look at this, man. Look at look at, look at boss man TK right there, bro. Thank you, amazing wrestling fans who purchased tickets to AEW New Japan Forbidden Door. We sold over 11,000 tickets Today, this was on May 5th, with a small allotment still held back for the general sale the next day. AEW Rampage is on TNT early tomorrow at 5.30, and it was a great show. Rampage was a very, very good show. Probably the best wrestling Rampage I've seen in many, many weeks. Tony Khan tweeting out that AEW Forbidden Door with New Japan Pro Wrestling selling out. It it got everybody ruffled, man. Their feathers were ruffled, man. TK he uh, really brought down the thunder on everybody, brought everybody's hopes and dreams and dashed and crushed everybody's hopes and dreams. Yo, Alfred, how's that How's that cheese board looking, bro? Did WWE send you a nice allotment of cheeses? How, how about some pepper jack? Man, you like some pepper jack? I, I'm a nice provolone mozzarella guy, bro. I like me some... Uh, some uh, cheddar. I like me some uh, Monterey Jack. Pepper jack is good, right? How about some... Uh, some white cheddar, some Swiss, some America. Who doesn't like a nice slice of American cheese, man? Listen, Alfred, I'm sorry that your dick is so hard for WWE, bro. What happened? What happened? This guy, this geek, Alfred, he tweeted the Fast Nationals for Rampage, and you have to pay to get the Fast Nationals. Imagine paying to 
to downplay Rampage at a 5.30 time slot, four and a half hours before the show actually airs in its normal time slot, which is heavily uh, against, going heavily against the NBA playoffs now, right? They're going to fucking struggle more than Rampage is. But Alfred tweets the Fast Nationals. He said that this show wasn't going to sell out because it was going to be a pri- uh, primary or predominant male audience and that the women's, uh, the women's bathroom is going to be empty. It's going to be a fucking ghost town in the women's bathroom. No female is going to really go to the AW Forbidden Door. Really? Alpha, what happened, bro? He deflected all of his L's all week and then decided to tweet the Fast Nationals to deflect everybody against the stupid fucking opinion he put out against Tony Khan and AEW. Forbidden Door happens for one night and one night only, man. Yes, I'm going to be so fucking heartbroken when Kazuchika Okada is in the ring with Dan, uh, Brian Danielson. Give me a fucking break, man. When CM Punk is in there against whoever AEW wants to put him up against. You fucking serious? Here's a fucking clue, you fucking cheese-headed clown. Why don't you just enjoy professional wrestling, man? By the way, your content sucks. Your content is full of shit, man. I'd rather clean my fucking cat piss when she accidentally pisses outside the fucking box than listen to your god-awful fucking content, bro. Holy shit, how Wrestling Inc. employs you, man. Glenn Rubenstein and Justin Labar should be fucking ashamed of yourselves. Holy shit. Where's Matt Morgan, man? Can we get Matt Morgan back on the show and get this fucking geek out of here? Seriously. Holy shit. AEW Forbidden Door sold out. And Tony Khan uh, got everybody up in their feelings again. And this is a great, great deal. Yes, yes, there is a scalping problem. There's scalping problems no matter what you do, man. It's going to happen. It happens with the WWE shows. It happened with WrestleMania. It's going to happen with Money in the Bank. It's going to happen with SummerSlam. Seriously. So, Forbidden Door, man. I'm awaiting my press credentials. If I get press credentials, I may be there. Depending on if I could get a suitable Airbnb for me to work while I'm there. We'll see what happens. And if I'm there, meet and greet and cold beverages, man. We'll make a venue, our venue, and we'll have some cold beverages and... I want to enjoy Chicago, man. So we'll see what happens. Kenny Omega frustrated with Ukes during AEW Fight Forever video game development. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What's going on here, man? AEW still working on their first video game, AEW Fight Forever. The game will be on consoles such as Xbox and PlayStation in addition to PC. However, it appears things aren't going exactly as planned between Kenny Omega and Ukes as Kenny Omega has played a big role in the AEW games division. Now, this obvious, this obvious website that looks like it is half-assed, sports gamers online, never heard of it before in my entire life, is reporting that throughout the making of the game, Omega and Ukes haven't been on the same page. Now, SAP has been really good with the out, uh, the outcomes and the updates about all these news articles from the AW side of things as it pertains to the video game, it was stated by Sports Gamers Online. SAP has not reported this. I don't know if this is true or not. So take this all with a grain of salt. It was stated that the feeling is Ukes has been taking advantage of Omega due to his inexperience in the video game business. It was said Omega has found himself frustrated and hating working with Ukes. The game is way over budget and even needed an extra investment. Issues with the budget have led to some features being scaled back or removed entirely. The report stated that there is a chance the relationship can be repaired 
But some people on both sides said that they wouldn't be surprised if this is a one-and-done deal. Ukes had been the longtime developer of WWE video games until the two-parted ways back in 2019. Fightful Select recently reported the game will have a roster of around 50 playable characters, and DLC has been discussed. The report also stated that Omega has been heavily involved in the development of the game and praised for his work, which would be the complete opposite of what sports gamers online said about Ukes and Omega and the partnership with AEW Games. I don't really want to add anything on top of this because we don't know. But Kenny Omega and AEW Games have been very open and it's been a very transparent process. You've seen basically everything. They've talked about it and they're updating you even in its early alpha phase. What I saw, I absolutely loved because it reminded me of the old WWF No Mercy games and the NWO versus WCW games, WrestleMania 2000. That's what I'm looking for. A lot of people were up in arms saying that, oh my God, it looks like last gen. It looks like PlayStation 2 graphics. I mean, that is an over-exaggeration. The game is still in fucking alpha. The game is still in development. Who the fuck knows what it's going to look like? Give me a break. It's easy to pinpoint this as a target and talk shit about it because your WWE 2K game is already fucking dead. It's easy to pick a fight with AEW and their video game. People are waiting for this to fail. No matter how much good comes out of something, there will be one person waiting to fucking shit on it and waiting to fucking see that good turn to bed. Seriously, it sucks. And the community sucks. The thing with Omega is, I don't know why Kenny Omega would be quiet on this. They've been very transparent about everything. They've been very open about everything. Kenny Omega's silence on this can mean one of two things. A, that it's all bullshit. And B, if he's quiet on it, then it's not really going to be a good look for AEW Games and his involvement with the game. But I will say this in closing. If Kenny Omega is arguing with Ukes about something, if Kenny Omega is making a big stink or a big argument about something, things being left out of the game, wanting things to look a certain way, wanting things to feel a certain way, wanting things to play out a certain way, wanting gameplay to be better than it is now, and this and that, and all these other things that Kenny Omega may have a problem with, don't you think that those things would be the same thing that we as a community would have a problem with. Don't you trust Kenny Omega as an avid gamer himself and who knows and is in tune with what the fans want? Don't you think that whatever he complains about at the end of the day, it's going to be something we complain about? I don't know why anybody hasn't put that and put that together. I, I don't understand that. So if he wants to complain, let him complain. If he wants to put up a fight, let him put up a fight. Because it's better he puts up a fight than having the fucking game released and we have to complain, making everybody look fucking bad. That's just my, that's just my take there. If Kenny Omega's complaining about something, then it's going to be something that we as a fan base are going to end up compl complaining about anyway. WWE was very impressed with William Morrissey on Wednesday's Dynamite on the Matt Man Pro Wrestling Podcast to add on what I, whatever I said earlier about William Morrissey him losing to Wardlow. WWE was very interested in William Morrissey. Andrew Zarian said he heard from many people asking about Morrissey's contract. Zarian said, I got a couple of messages about him from people, people wanting to know when his contract ends. Later in the show, Zarian said that people in WWE were definitely impressed by what they saw. I'm not going to say that WWE is going to take him, 
But I can tell you that WWE is definitely impressed by him. There's no way around it, man. I got a message last night while he's coming out, and somebody wrote, did you see this fucking guy? Like I said on Twitter, man, when it happened and when he made his ring entrance, if Vince McMahon ain't looking at William Marcy and wanting to get him back and re-sign him, I don't know what the fuck is going on. He looked great. Marcy has been known for his issues with substance abuse, and the work he's put in to get clean has been nothing short of a miracle. Admirable. His personal issues are what led him to his release from WWE in 2018, but all indications are that the dark days are behind him, and it would not be a shock if AEW or WWE offered him a full-time contract. Good. I think he looks great. He'd fit in WWE a little bit more than he would in AEW, but that's not to say I wouldn't be interested in him in AEW either. He would fit like a glove in WWE, and they would treat him like a fucking monster, man. He basically has a seven-foot frame that looks like Edge. Does he wrestle like Edge? No. But my God, man, if WWE wants larger-than-life athletes, and he looks the way he does, I don't know why we don't see this guy on TV after his contract is up and back on Monday night or Friday night. Wherever he goes, I'm going to be happy for him. You know why? Because he overcame the impossible and he got his life clean and got his life back on the right direction. That deserves everything that's coming his way. And I'm happy he's still here with us because I have, listen, man, you guys know exactly what the fucking alcohol and the abuse does to people. People in my family are going through that shit right now, man. I see it every fucking day. The fact that he overcame it and he's clean and he's doing what he's best at, that's a great thing to see. Several AEW stars are interested in joining WWE when their contracts expire. This is the latest news coming out of The Observer. There have been individuals making main roster salaries in AEW that were interested in a move to WWE, but were told by friends to stay at least until 2024 when AEW will potentially have a larger budget for talent following a new TV deal. Meltzer says, and I quote, Previously, there were talents that were interested in coming in from WWE to, to, uh, from AEW, but they were making main roster salaries in AEW and were told by friends in AEW to stay put in, until 2024 when the company would be able to budget far more talent. So if you're thinking about going to WWE, stay put till 2024 where AEW will have more money to spend. I don't understand what this means. I don't understand what Meltzer is saying here in this. He goes on to say, even if AEW gets $90 million per year, it should be very profitable going forward and able to bid for a lot more talent whose deals are up and, as important, retain its own top talent because WWE would bid for some of them anyway. It's also, it should be noted, that a lot of top AEW talent is under 200 pounds and these guys are not likely to do well in the WWE system. AEW President Tony Khan admitted that he's anticipating more free agent movement both ways when more contracts expire, as long as he is aware of that happening. I don't see what, what, what this means. AEW stars are interested in joining WWE when their contracts expire. Why wait till 2024? WWE is going to swoop on in no matter what fucking year it is, and no matter what, they're going to throw... Their, their interest, their feelers out there, no matter what. And who has a contract coming up, whether it's a year or two years, they're going to throw their feelers out. They've already done it with Jade Cargill, Wardlow, and MJF, and now William Morris. He's not even a part of the fucking AEW roster. If WWE wants somebody, they will go and get somebody. Do they want 200 or less pound guys on WWE TV? No. 
But if it means weakening AEW, they'll sign anybody that they fucking can to weaken AEW little by little. They don't give a fuck. They don't give a shit. If you're coming over from AEW and are a free agent, WWE will give you a look just because it fits into their narrative about weakening AEW and making AEW look less than. There will be trading back and forth. There will be people on AEW going to WWE. There will be people on WWE side going to AEW. It's business. John Moxley's not going to be in AEW forever. Brian Daniels is not going to be in WWE forever. Both of these guys will end up retiring in WWE and going into the WWE Hall of Fame. Who's to say Seth Rollins doesn't finish with WWE and go back to AEW as Tyler Black? Who's to say? Who's to say Edge doesn't retire and go join AEW because he wants to wrestle Kenny Omega or he wants to wrestle MJF or he wants to wrestle Wardlow? Who's to say? Everybody is going to get a turn. You want to stay with AEW? Great. You want to join WWE? Great. You WWE want to join AEW? Great. It's going to happen. It's best for business. It's what keeps the business thriving and what keeps the brands and, and shows fresh, right? I welcome this. I'm not going to get up and arms because John Moxley wants to go back to WWE. We know when John Moxley's time is up, he's going to be John Moxley on WWE television, and WWE is going to have to embrace that just like they did with Cody Rhodes. Brian Danielson going back as Daniel Bryan on W. Why would I hate that? Why would I be? Why would I have a problem with that? Give me a break, people. It's not about who's better, what show's better, WWE versus AEW. It's not about that. I just want good wrestling. I just want good shows. Monday, Friday, Wednesday, Tuesday. It's all I want. It's all I ever wanted. Why do I bitch and moan and complain every fucking week? Because I want a better show. I don't hate the fucking shit that I'm watching. This is a false narrative being spread around the IWC. I don't hate what I'm watching. I just want better. All you people are fucking lame. You sit there and you dwell in your mediocrity and you accept instead of wanting better. If it makes the shows better, I'm all for it. AEW's new TBS reality series was greenlit already before the Discovery Warner Media merger. This is another something that got the e-drones up in arms. AEW is slated to air a new reality TV series on TBS in the near future, which is expected to follow AEW talent and document their lives on the road. Meltzer talked about this on The Observer Live. He noted on The Observer Live and said that the show was actually greenlit before the merger. It's good news says Meltzer. I think some people are trying to make it as better news than it really is in the sense that it's like they're looking at adding another show, so therefore Discovery is all fine with this, when in reality this was all greenlit before the Discovery merger. It's just filling the time slot, most likely of Roads to the Top, which was already greenlit, so it's basically a replacement for another wrestling show as opposed to adding a new content. I know they were working on other stuff, different shows in development, so they could be adding more stuff which could be a good sign, but this is the basic gist. It's likely several months away. Good. Good. They want to get into reality TV. You know, I think Total Divas or Total Bellas, whatever the fuck it was, I thought that was absolute garbage television, but what it did was open up women's wrestling to the most casual of audiences. If AEW wants to get into reality TV, it will open them up to the most casual of audiences because everybody loves that reality TV feel. What I said is we just watched a William Regal Blackpool Combat Club narrated video online 
on Twitter, and then on AEW Dynamite. They cut it down, which I was happy to see. That is what we need to see as far as the content for this show. The vibe of that. The vibe of that and the feel of that and the spoken word like that on the show. That's what we need. That's what I hope this show is. That's going to gravitate towards a lot of people. People like that realism, man. People like that cinematic feel. It's going to make AEW feel larger than life if they go and do that. So Rose to the Top is being replaced with whatever this show is going to be called, and AEW is going to dip their toe into reality television, and that is another step towards getting the most casual of audiences to really understand what AEW is, and in turn, they're going to try and get audiences to dynamite. It's a great move. It's a great move. Malachi Black. He confirmed to all of us that Darius Martin, Dante's brother of Top Flight, was involved in a nasty car accident. Darius Martin is on the sidelines again with an injury as the Top Flight member and Dante Martin's brother recently suffered a leg injury. As previously reported, Martin is expected to miss a lengthy period of time in the ring. He had recently returned from a torn ACL that left him out of action for over a year. At the end of the interview with the Universal Wrestling Podcast, Malachi Black confirmed that Martin suffered the injury in a bad car accident. There are so many of these young kids, even like Max Caster, says Malachi, who I think is great. Both. Even though I wrestled Dante Martin and his brother Darius, even though unfortunately he, Darius, I wish him a speedy recovery because he had a nasty car accident. He's out for another six to nine months. That sucks. Dante even tweeted this. They told me that my ACL itself looked great, though. So he's going to be out another six to nine months. Man, that sucks. That is awful. So Dante Martin pretty much confirming the injury via this, this picture and tweet on Twitter. And then Malachi just added to all of the speculation and gave us the real story behind the tweet and the real story as to why Dante Martin was missing Darius. So we got that, and it's because of a car accident. So after breaking into the business in 2016, Top Flight signed with AEW in November of 2020. Darius and his most recent bout was on April 15th, where Frankie Kazarian, the Hardys, and Top Flight defeated Angelico, Max Caster, and Private Party, and The Blade during an episode of AEW Dark. So Darius Martin now. We wish him nothing but the best, and hopefully he gets back soon because I had big hopes for top flight in 2022. I think he looked great when we saw him, and then all of a sudden he got taken off TV again, and he won't be on TV for the rest of the year. AW Trio Championships have already been made. This is great news. Everybody that's been calling for Trio's titles, you have to wait just a little bit longer. AEW President Tony Khan also regularly books six-man tag team matches and is getting you prepped on Dynamite for the incoming titles. Recently hinted that the titles are being introduced at some point. Meltzer reported in the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter that the trio's belts have been made, so now it's just a matter of when they pull the trigger. Meltzer pointed out how Tony Khan said in March during a media call that it was happening, but he didn't want to do a tournament to crown the inaugural champions until Kenny Omega was back from injury. Omega has been on the sidelines since November when he dropped the AW World Heavyweight title to Hangman Page to get various injuries fixed. Omega is currently recovering from arthroscopic knee surgery that was done in March and recently got surgery done to repair 
his sports hernia. I can absolutely see that being the reason because the Bucks and Omega are going to be in contention for those titles. He wants everybody there that he thinks would be built around those titles and make it really special back on television. He wants everybody there at the same time. I don't blame Tony Khan for that. I think that's a very, very valid reason to keep these belts off TV. And everybody, he's getting you ready, man. Look at all the wins the Blackpool Combat Club have been doing. I wish the same would be happening for the House of Black. All these six-man tag team matches where the shills and the fucking e-bots out there. Oh, but why, why don't we get these matches over here where they make no sense? All this stuff on TV don't make any sense. Everything makes sense. Tony Khan's putting it on TV for a reason. He's getting you ready for when the titles are going to be introduced. People need six-man wins, trios wins on TV, right? Can't have a trios tournament without an odds-on favor in the fucking tournament. Odds on favor going to be the one team that's been dominating TV. I get it. And Tony Khan with another W. Tony Khan with another great plan. Omega's going to be back on TV and we're going to get those trios titles. NXT. Cameron Grimes beat Carmelo Hayes and Solo Sokoa to retain the North American title. This is May 3rd. Very good match. Nobody gave a shit, but a very good match. Nathan Frazier defeated Grayson Waller. That was his in-ring debut for NXT 2.0. Tony D'Angelo and Santos Escobar had to sit down to discuss business. I thought this was great. I thought that was really awesome. Cora Drade and Nikita Lyons defeated Natalia and Lash Legend. Lash, anything but legend. The Creed Brothers defeated the Viking Raiders. And Braun Breaker defeated Joe Gacy to retain the NXT title. After the match was over, two Druids. They beat up Braun Breaker and carried him off of a stretcher. Carried him on a stretcher away from the ring that was wrapped in barbed wire. Who these two men in Druids are, I don't know. But the rumor going around is that it is the former grizzled young veterans. Because they were off TV and they got taken off TV because of a repackaging. We'll see what happens there. NXT, man. Not worth my time. Not worth my time. I did video games on Tuesday. I did WW2K22 on Tuesday. We did almost 20,000 views. We'll probably end up doing the same thing on a semi-regular basis. This Tuesday, I'm not going to be doing any live streams because I'll be in Manhattan at the Irving Plaza at a concert on Tuesday night. Symphony X is playing with Hawken. I will not be live on YouTube. I will be enjoying the fucking brilliance of Michael Romeo live in concert. NXT's ratings, they pulled the highest viewership since January for the spring break-in special. 661,000 live viewers. This is up from the 577,000 live viewers. NXT should do a fucking theme show every week. 18 to 49 demographic. This was a 0.13. show did a 0.14 just one week ago. NXT ranked number 33 in the cable top 150 shows on cable. NXT, WWE, they are discussing. They are discussing adding a stand and deliver event on a weekend of an upcoming stadium show. I don't like this. Stand and deliver during WrestleMania weekend wasn't even needed. So now we're going to need it during Money in the Bank and we're going to get possible Money in the Bank or SummerSlam stand and deliver? No. No, I'm sorry. WrestleVaults reported this week that WWE has discussed adding another NXT stand and deliver event for one of their stadium shows happening this summer. The preference is the clash of the clash at the castle event in the UK, but SummerSlam is looking more likely. He says, and I quote, or they say, and I quote on social media, 
WWE has discussed adding another stand and delivery event for one of the big three stadium shows happening this summer. I've heard the preference is UK for a clash at the castle, but Nashville SummerSlam seems more likely all to be determined still. End quote. Now, as reported by Meltzer, the plan is on paper to hold a June special for NXT in your house on the USA Network and a Peacock special in July, but not SummerSlam weekend. The remaining stadium shows this year are Money in the Bank at Allegiant Stadium and SummerSlam from Nissan Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> Listen, man, um, these stand and deliver shows, this NXT roster, this NXT show does not belong in front of a stadium show or a stadium crowd on a major pay-per-view weekend. I'm sorry. This is my take and my opinion to this story. If WWE wants to do a stand and deliver show, how about moving the fucking show to Full Sail University? There was a report from Meltzer that said WWE was potentially in talks about moving some of their shows back to Full Sail University. If that is the case and those talks went anywhere, WWE should end up doing a stand and deliver show from Full Sail University because the beginning takeovers, those NXT takeover specials, were held there. What is the big problem? Let's do it there instead of bringing this fucking show in front of a dead crowd that doesn't give a shit about fucking NXT 2.0. Stand and Deliver this year sucked. Outside of that ladder match and the women's match was okay. Maybe Champa and Tony D'Angelo was good too. But the show was overall dud. There was no life to it. There was no energy to it. I had people tell it was a great show. What the fuck are you watching? Nothing's great about NXT 2.0. There's nobody watching it. They killed the brand. Why would anybody fucking care? There's going to be terminations every 90 days. Why would you fucking care about what's happening on Tuesday night? Move it to full sale. That's the best course of action here. It doesn't need to be in a stadium or an arena because it's SummerSlam or Clash of the Castle weekend. Fucking ridiculous. Monday Night Raw. AJ Styles defeated Damian Priest. Alpha Academy and Kevin Owens defeated... The Street Profits and Ezekiel. Seth Rollins had an appreciation night where he was confronted by the Roadster, Cody Rhodes. Liv Morgan, Bianca Belair, and Oscar defeated Becky Lynch. My little precious, my little hobbitses. Becky Lynch, Rhea Ripley, and Sonya Deville. Bobby Lashley defeated Cedric Alexander, and Dana Brooke defeated Nikki T.R. A.S.A. Monday Night Raw is fucking egregious, man. Holy shit. This show, you could not fucking, on a regular day, man, if I didn't have the podcast, pay me to watch this show. As unimportant and as dull and lifeless as anything I've seen all year, that show. This is a pay-per-view weekend. WWE had a go-home show on Monday. You think they put some fucking effort into it, man. They fucking went into it and winged it 100%. Raw ratings, lowest viewership since December. <laughs> Where's everybody go, man? Where's everybody going? And Monday Night Raw is so great, man, that they're fucking dropping like flies. Monday Night Raw ratings, according to Brandon Thurston of WrestleNomics, 1.581 million viewers, down from 1.613. Ha, <laughs> Oh, man, yeah, it's the NBA playoffs. It's the NBA playoffs, guys. Let's, let's all blame the NBA playoffs. 
18 to 49 demo saw an average rating of 0.38. That's down from 0.44. This was the go-home edition of Raw for Sunday's WrestleMania rehash pay-per-view. This was the lowest key demo since January 10th and the lowest viewership since December 27, 2021. Great. Okay, let, let's move on, man. Monday Night Raw is terrible. Nobody gives a shit about Monday Night Raw. It's the NBA playoffs. Uh, let's blame it on the NBA playoffs, right? All, all your excuses, man. You, 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 you're not fucking capable of using those excuses anymore. You're not, really, you're not really owed those excuses anymore. Stop. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Vince McMahon. Changing his mind already on Mustafa Ali. So we got this news coming out of the Observer, and Meltzer discussed that Ali may be be may be de-pushed on Monday Night Raw. Mustafa Ali recently made his return to WWE television after a much publicized disagreement with the company over his booking. Ali was the special guest on Miz TV during this week's Monday Night Raw. Theory got involved. Things turned into a two-on-one handicap match, and Ali lost his second weekend. The match didn't last very long. Ali was squashed in an unfair fight in just under three minutes. On the most recent episode of the Wrestling Observer, Dave Meltzer discussed what this might mean. He says, and I quote, As he was on the ropes, Miz hit a skull-crushing finale and pins him. But I mean, yeah, he was beaten in two and a half minutes. Like I said, the idea is it took two guys to beat him and everything like that. But in this day and age, when you're losing in that quick time like that, it was two on one. But odds are this didn't help him. At all. Usually you get two or three weeks. He got one. The fact that the crowd wasn't even with him. If Vince was predisposed in his mind to think this isn't going to work, that lack of crowd reaction would very much tell him that this isn't working. So it's not a good thing for Ali. If Vince thinks he's got this great idea and thinks this thing is going to work, obviously he'll ignore the crowd reaction. Got to finish up our story. And by the end of it, he'll be over. A lot of times you don't have that mentality. The mentality is you got your three weeks, get over it, and if you don't, well, there you are, says Dave Meltzer. You know, a lot of the dirt sheets said that Ali had plans. WWE creative had plans. The, the only plan is to bury Ali. And the plan here, according to what Meltzer detailed here, is to show everybody how Ali isn't as big as he thinks he is, getting him in front of those crowds after this long layoff, having him get these lukewarm, rea lukewarm reactions, and then bury him even further because of what he did, and then ultimately fire him because Vince now sees that he's worth nothing and doesn't really need that payroll on his roster. That's what all of this is leaning towards. This is an excuse to really teach Ali a lesson, and at the end of all of this, he's going to be deserved of his release because WWE will have seen he is not over. That's all this is. And Ali will be better served elsewhere. He doesn't belong on WWE TV. He deserves to be in a locker room that's going to appreciate the fucking talent he brings to the table. Ali is one of the most creative guys on that roster. And WWE's cut him down every single time he wanted to do something to freshen up his gimmick. They don't want it. They want WWE. They, they, they want to be in charge. WWE wants to be in charge of everything. Ali got sent out there. I don't even know this guy's fucking theme music when it hit. That's how long he's been off TV. Why would anybody care? Why would anybody give a shit? Ali is going to be on the budget cut list, whether you like it or not. If he isn't, I'd be shocked. And finally, finally, guys, Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes may be bringing back the old school WWF winged eagle belt. I love it. 
Cody Rhodes was interviewed by Corey Graves on After the Bell. He has revealed that hypothetically it would be something to bring back with the iconic Winged Eagle belt if he were to become the undisputed WWE Universal Champion. He says, and I quote, hypothetically, it would be something to do. Achieve the ultimate industry dream. Bring the best of the best ever in terms of that movement in time. And then to perhaps give it a fresh coat of paint with the Winged Eagle. And redundantly name the title we are discussing. That would just be something. That's all I can really say. End quote. Now, now, Cody Rhodes obviously has his match tonight against Seth Rollins at Backlash. He's previously previously stated that his goal in coming back to WWE is to recapture the biggest prize in the company, something that his father, Dusty, was never able to do. He's also no stranger to bringing back classic versions of titles because in 2011, as you guys remember, during his first run as IC champion, he brought back the original title used between 1985 and 1997 with the white strap and WWE logo. And he used that belt until it was off TV in 2018. I think that is the greatest thing that he could do. If WWE will allow him to do that, I think that would be fucking phenomenal. Really. And it would go in line with just who Cody Rhodes is. It would would wholeheartedly make the entire storyline and angle with him wanting to do it for his father and win the championship that his father never won to have it be that belt i think that would be fucking incredible really we got to get there first it's one thing to talk about it but you know i would love to see it we want to see it happen i don't know if ww's gonna allow him to do it but it certainly would fit into the cody rhodes way of doing things guys I am all out of news. My little precious, my little hobbits. I'm all out of news, man. Thank you for all the support today, man. I will be live again tonight during Backlash. Should be a good one. I'll send out the notifications as soon as I'm done here, man. Set up the podcast for later. Get those super chats in. We're going to hang out and finish our cold beverages, man. Mine's still cold. Oh, yeah, it's still cold, man. I was supposed to talk about Tessa Blanchard, man. Who gives a shit? I had it queued up on my fucking brow. I don't give a shit. I don't care. Nobody gives a shit about Tessa Blanchard, man. I'm sure you guys don't care about him either. Wow, or Tessa, or anybody over there. Anyway, guys, hit that thumbs up, man. We got 1,000. Thank you so much for the minimum. Let's try for 1,200, man. The minimum is now 1,200. Hit that thumbs up if you're in the chat and have not done so. Get those super chats in. We're going to hang out. Right now, go through them all. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button if you have not done so. And hit that join button down below. Become an OTS VIP member, a channel member right here on Off The Scripts. Tyler Mathis with a $10 super chat. Thank you so much, brother. And Tyler becomes a new member. He leaves nothing, man. He leaves me a $10 super chat. He becomes a member, and he doesn't say anything. Tyler, thank you so much, brother. What are you drinking, man? What are you drinking? Thank you for becoming a VIP today, man. Joshua Simo with a $9.99 super chat. WWE statement of the GOAT truly means get off all TVs. Yes. I could uh, I could see that being a thing, man. Get off all TVs. Who do we got here, man? Giochi Basta with a $5 in UK Super Chat. 
Will you be there at the Forbidden Door? Greetings from Italy. Uh, I don't know yet, man. I'm waiting on my press passes. TK's got to hook me up with a press pass first. Otherwise, I'm just going to watch it at home because tickets are sold out. Poor Alfred. I wonder if Alfred's going to get a press pass, man. I wonder. Joshua Simo with another 999 Super Chat. Tyler, I see you, man. Drink it at Corona. That's fine, man. As long as it's cold. And with a lime. Joshua Seymour with a 999 Super Chat. WWE will continue to fail if they keep burying or firing the fan favorites to push people that clearly suck. Bro, they're already creatively failing. They don't have one new superstar that the fans are invested in, man. Not one. Giochi Basta with another $2 in UK Super Chat. I hope to see Dakota and Johnny in AEW. I hope so, too. Raging Texas, 85 with a $2 Super Chat. JD's Elite Army Soldiers for Life. Thank you, brother. Joseph Taylor with a $2 Super Chat. Give me Candace versus Serena Deeb. Sounds good to me, man. Candace versus anybody over there, man. Candace versus Tony. Candace versus Thunder Rosa. Candace versus Britt. Sounds good to me. Stephen May with a five in UK Super Chat. I wonder if Shotzi regrets that shot she took at Jericho. Maybe. She said she was joking around, but Jericho doesn't fuck around with things like that, man. You got on Jericho's bad side. I feel like you're you're on his bad side for a very long time. Fujin's Henry with a two-month re-up. Thank you, brother. JD, I think it would be awesome if you hosted an office hours of OTS members. Where we can hang out with you on Zoom or something. Could be quarterly. Um, I have been mulling over Fujins about doing uh, membership-only live streams, man. Where you guys can chime on in, super chat, hang out with all the other members of the VIP club. I don't know, man. I have no idea. I'm still figuring that out. Troy Turner becomes a member for 17 months. Thank you, Troy Turner, man. Thank you so much. Thank you for all you do, JD. Been sick as fuck, and OTS is the best damn remedy. Cheers, OTS for life. Cheers to you, man. Get better. Troy Turner. Uh, anybody that wants to know what Tessa Blanchard did, man, Google is your friend. It is quicker for you to go to Google and find out what Tessa did instead of asking somebody in the fucking live stream chat. Seriously. Laziness, man. Laziness. Yo, my boy, Shug999. Feels good to be back in the chat and sharing thoughts on the best wrestling podcast on YouTube. Thank you, JD, for putting a smile on my face as always. Keep me and my family in your prayers, bro. Shug. Everybody in the live stream chat, man. Let me see those prayer emojis for my boy, Shug L, in the chat. Steve Winyard with a $2 super chat. The WWE diva-fication of women's wrestling. Yes, it's awful. It is awful. 603 Madden with a $2 super chat. JD, you the man. Never change like you never have. Yeah, but people people say that I change, man, because I'm a Tony Khan dick rider, right? Putting out banger content every week, man. People say I changed. Whatever. 
British soundboard pranks with a 10 in UK. Small token of the countless hours of entertainment provided on these streams. Keep up the good work, JD. Thank you, British soundboard pranks. I appreciate you, man. Very much so, man. What are you drinking tonight? Cheers. Eric Newton with a $10 super chat. I know this is wishful thinking, but I would like to see the Winged Eagle title get a modern look and ditch the Universal title. Maybe have the champions show up on the other show every other week. I love the Winged Eagle belt just back, period, to be a world championship. That's the WWE. That should be the WWE championship. Keep the Universal title on SmackDown, but the Winged Eagle belt should be the title on Monday Night Raw. It should be the title. JT Golden with a 199 Super Jet. Sasha Banks up next to go to Hollywood. Yes. Absolutely. Anything else to make Becky and Charlotte jealous bitches. Tony Brown with a 499 Super Jet. He says, I'm here, JD. I'm sorry, Tony Brown. There's no booty meat for this stream, bro. There's no booty meat for Tony Brown. But thank you for being here, brother. Raging Texas with a $5 Super Chat. Does WWE do a complete 180 after Vince is gone? And are we getting another WW2K22 live stream instead of NXT this Tuesday again? You rock, JD. No, I will be at concert for Symphony X. I will not be live streaming Tuesday night. Sean Crockett with a $20 Super Chat. Hey, brother, I was able to catch you again. Thank you for feeding all of us who, you follow, who follow you. I always look forward to each and every one of your videos. You are my IWC Tribal Chief. Keep up the great fight, OTS for Life. Thank you, Sean Crockett. I appreciate it, brother. Cheers to you, man. Cheers to you, brother. Joseph Taylor with a $2 Super Chat. Kenny Omega is the god of pro wrestling. I wouldn't go that far, but he's fucking great. Joseph Taylor with a $2 Super Chat. Thank you, man. Stephen May with a UK $2 Super Chat. Super Roman kill WWE. WWE creative kill WWE. I don't blame it on Roman. Steve Winyard with a $5 Super Chat. Who the hell is going to be the guy after Roman? They have no one. They have no one. You answered your own question, Steve. Braun Breaker, Carmelo Hayes. I don't know. There's nobody. Joshua Simo with a 999 Super Chat. I bet Roman's titles get made into a new single title and they reveal a new title so Roman doesn't lose. Now, if they're going to do a brand split, they need to have two championships. There needs to be two championships. There can't be one title if there is no brand split because Fox won't allow them to. Velocifactor with a 499 Super Chat. WWE has all the talent to make the brand split work. Ruthless Aggression 2012 proves it. I remember in school, all the guys would argue over Raw and SmackDown. It could work. They have no fucking ideas. They have no fun. They don't. They, I don't think fun exists on that show in WWE. I don't, I don't really understand if they understand what fun really means. Michelle Moran with a $5 super chat. What if Roman goes to Hollywood and fails? That's not going to happen, Michelle. Then all the catering, then all that catering to Roman Reigns' agenda would be for nothing, and your product is worse off for it. WWE has no stars to lead a show. None. Everybody feels the same. There is nobody. Drew McIntyre is not even the guy. And Drew McIntyre is awesome in his own right. Uh, Michelle, Roman's not going to fail. 
Robert Hall with a 16-month super chat. Is it Wednesday yet? Stone, Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter is going to be fire. I can't wait. Should be a great show. Prodigy RKO with a 10-month membership. Thank you for the recommitment, brother. Any thoughts on Forbidden Door in Chicago and the future of Ring of Honor under ownership of Tony Khan? Uh, Tony Khan is still working out what he's got to do with Ring of Honor, and I will be in Chicago if I get a press pass to Forbidden Door. For sure. Ron Fleet with a $5 Super Chat. Sorry if this has been said before, but I hope that we get 1,000 minimum T-shirts soon. Keep up the wonderful work. Uh, Ron Fleet, that's not going to be on a T-shirt. I'm looking to get Bonfire to help me make a new T-shirt with that new design that is now my profile picture on Twitter. Ron Sims, I see you, bro. Currently at work, but thank you for welcoming me to the OTS VIP crew. Ron Sims, I appreciate it, bro. Thank you for becoming a new member, man. What are you drinking after work? Unless you can drink on the job, man. I don't know. John Witt becomes a two-month mem- two a member in the VIP club. Best YouTuber ever. Thank you so much, John. I appreciate that. I am not, but uh, thank you so much, man. Marcus is AEW. $5 Super Chat. Happy Mother's Day to you, JD. Thanks for all that you do, man, from the bottom of my heart. Well, I am not a mother, Marcus, but I assume that you are wishing my mom a happy Mother's Day, and I appreciate it, man. Happy Mother's Day to you and everybody's mother in the OTS venue. Tyler Mathis with a $10 Super Chat. Sorry about that earlier, JD. My brothers have gotten me watching you, and I'm glad to get to watch you. I'm drinking some Corona. You are the man. Best in the IWC. Thank you, Tyler Mathis, man. I appreciate you, brother. That is the type of message I want, type of energy I want in the venue, man. I appreciate you. Ronald Sims again. Thank you for becoming a new member, bro. Joseph Morrison with a $5 super chat. Do you think the only reason why they got rid of Karrion Cross was despite Triple H? Yes. Yes, I do. How do you have Karrion Cross on your roster and you don't see money in him just by the way he cuts his promo, by the way he looks, and with Scarlet by his side? How don't you see money in Karrion Cross? He totally got fired because he was made out of an example because of his ties with Triple H and Black and Gold. No question. Guys, I will be live tonight again after WWE Backlash. Gonna get some rest this afternoon, man. Have a nice dinner. Maybe a beverage. I'll see you guys in the venue after uh, Backlash. We'll go over the entire show. What we didn't like. What we did like, if there is anything. And all the shit coming out of the show, man. We'll be in the venue, as always. I'm gonna set up the live stream in just a little bit, man. You guys will have RSVP early to the venue. Tonight for Backlash, follow me on social media if you guys want to live tweet with me at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Make sure you guys go check out my sponsor for today's show, man, Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel as well. Tons of content there for you guys. Go get your t-shirts. Bonfire is the place. Bonfire.com. That is the exclusive home of Off the Scripts. So go get your merchandise. 
And like I said again, guys, program note, I will be live tonight for Backlash after the show is over. Anyway, guys, I appreciate everybody that showed up to hang out tonight with this episode 429 in the books. I need two things, man. I need those guitar emojis in the chat. My VIPs, I need those Mustang emojis in the chat. And I need that fucking music on max. I'll see you guys later tonight for Backlash right here on Off The Script. I'll see you guys later.